If you're looking for the best horror, thriller, sci-fi and WTF audio fiction this side of the apocalypse, then you should listen to The Other Stories. With over 500 stories on the podcast feed already and news stories dropping every single Monday morning, The Other Stories is your new best friend. Check out The Other Stories today on any and all podcast platforms or head to theotherstories.net. After all, these aren't the stories your mother used to tell you. These are The Other Stories. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Welcome to the Horror Hangout, a podcast where film fans watch the best and worst horror movies of all time and talk about them. My name is Ben Errington, and I'm joined by regular co-host, one Mr. Andy Conduit. And hello, Ben, and indeed everybody. It's just the two of us today. We can make it if we try. <laughs> we can make it if we try. Uh, yeah, as previously advertised, we were going to be joined uh, by Janine Pipe this week. She's unavailable, however, but we will get her back on the show at some point soon. I think that is not supposed to sound like a threat. Like we will, we will get her back on the <laughs> show. Certain no set of skills. Exactly. Um, it feels kind of wrong talking about a werewolf movie without our resident werewolf expert uh, to join us. But you know, um, if if we cover this film incorrectly, this this film's a bit of a bit of a, a unique one anyway isn't it i yeah. think you don't just have to be a werewolf expert to talk about this film you have to be an expert on many things yeah, i'm throwing out there ben i think this is a film that deserves a critical reappraisal i think it's time <laughs> what's really weird about covering this film is that i watched it not that long ago i watched it well it feels like not that long ago it was last september and i'm pretty sure you did your howling rewatch as well didn't yeah. you I watched all of them for the first time after the first one. I'd not seen anything beyond number one. Yeah. This one, I think as soon as I watched it, I messaged you and said, we're going to have to do an episode on this. How many How many are there again? Seven? Uh, seven, six, seven. Six, seven. Yeah. And there you go. You you, you said it and, and you've spoken it into existence. Um, a rare, doing, a so... rare franchise continuation. We've got some big yeah. franchises there's a few that we've done all apart from aliens and predators that we've done most of yeah we've got some franchises to check off so we're making another baby step along the howling track yeah well that's the thing it's even some of the big heavy hitters um we've never sort of done the sequels of so but then again it's pr- pretty much infinite this podcast will go on forever if we carry on at this rate um <laughs> yeah 
I just coughed at the at the at the mere thought of the podcast going on forever. Us at eighty years old going plugged a little Bluetooth chip into my head so I can record my weekly podcast and they'll go. Can you imagine if it does continue that long? Will there have to come a point then where if podcasts are still a thing, we are still a thing, anyone ever still listens to this, we have to eventually choose successors. Oh, yeah. we died. That might be that might be a possibility, I reckon so. Um how would that work? How would the process of choosing a successor work? I guess in the same way that one would choose an heir. Like you'd um a pope? Yeah, they'll have to be a council of elders. They'll put some, some well, white smokes for the Pope, so you have to have like a <laughs> the horror hangout colours, like the green and pink. Green and pink smoke. Get the um, get the cardinals in, put like a, a horror hangout green smoke until they've chosen, then a pink when they've made the choice. <laughs> get the cardinals in. Previous guests. Horror cardinals, yeah. Oh, sounds exciting. I want to be around for it. Um, obviously, I won't be able to be dead. Unless someone has to kill you in order to take over from you as well. Take the challenge from you. That's why the monarchy should work. Not make not yeah. put any suggestions in their heads. I do not want this podcast to come up in court. Exactly, yeah. Um, horror news? We got anything to... to I'm asking you. I don't know I'm asking you, Andy. Um, well, we've got one big, big sort of um, announcement slash thing to discuss at the moment it is um horror hangout podcast is officially an affiliate of the kinder trauma documentary kickstarter um so that is a documentary that is now live on kickstarter the project's been live for a couple of days now i think it goes on for like another month or just under a month i should say um and kinder trauma we know what scared you is a feature-length peer into the void of juvenile anxieties across form and format, um, providing an insightful retrospective on the things that terrified us as children, along from observations from creatives who torment the bad dreams of the current generation through art. So there's loads and loads of interesting guests with this documentary involved, including Sandy King Carpenter, Brian Yuzna, um, American McGee, fantastic name, um, <laughs> Uh, so yeah, this is is live now. You can back the Kickstarter. We'll obviously put it in the show notes with the link because if you follow our affiliate link, um, you can just get access to that. And they'll know we sent you. Helps out the show. Know. Exactly. Yeah, on behalf of the show, they go horror hangout. There we go. Um, so even if you <clears throat> even if you want to like support it for like one dollar, you can do that. Just a thank you for supporting to get it off the ground. Um, but there are loads and loads of other um, reward tiers, including digital copies, physical copies, posters, other artworks and bundles. And the artwork looks fantastic. Again, we'll we'll link to everything in the show notes. But like, I think uh, the very top tier of it, if you're a particularly fancy person, you're doing ever so well for yourself and you want to get like a producer credit that, you know, isn't just name in the credits, but it is actually an IMDb credit as well you can go for that type of thing if you are so inclined i was feeling a little flusher ben i might be might be tempted (laughs) yeah you can be an executive producer or a producer with some of the highest tiers um the very highest tier is basically you just become the king of the film director of the movie just take over you just go listen your face is in in the corner (laughs) of the the whole thing that's not true but um... (laughs) yeah you're doing a commentary over the whole thing um, and there's nothing they can do about it, you know, because you've backed, you've backed the, uh, you've backed the documentary. So yeah, but, we, me... but there are some great people involved with it. Um, J- 
Janine Piper, I guess one of the things she's very busy with is working towards this project amongst a couple of other things as well, right? So um, busy, lots yeah. of other people we know, some great creators like I feel Josh Rubin's involved as well, right? I've seen some clips from him yeah, in the build up sure to it is. as well. Yeah. Yeah, this yeah, yeah. looks great, and I think if you've got any sort of interest, you know me, I love a love a horror documentary, so I've booked, I've um, backed it, Andy's backed it, so you know, follow our lead and <laughs> and get involved. Yeah, get this, get this made. Oh, I'll tell you what, then, as we're talking about it, I know it's well documented your fear of of quicksand, but what was your kinder trauma? What was what was keeping you up at night? It's a good question, you know, um, because it was mainly like I was pretty scared of horror movies that I shouldn't have seen when I was really young and that's a really cliched sort of thing isn't it because I mentioned the unnameable the unnameable I, yeah, saw, unnameable, of I, course. I saw I saw a clip of when I was really young um and yeah that's that kept me up uh event horizon saw when I was like what 10 or 11 and that scared the bejesus out of me other than that like <laughs> other than that I can't think of like really like basic kind of silly things i used to be a bit freaked out by the the alien on the front of um space raiders crisps something well, put me off space about it. piratey guy yeah scary right you know what i mean don't you yeah i know exactly what you mean yeah a little bit scary and uh i think any form of like mascot for something used to freak me out a little never bit like... liked a, never liked a mascot we opened a uci cinema near me and there were people dressed as film strips don't like them, can't see their oh, eyes. I know like there's a person sort of mas- in there. I no, kind of no, meant no. like a, I kind of meant like an animated slash cartoon mascot for like a cereal or something. But I also feel like that about mascots in general. Like you when don't you, want a you're coming up behind you, you'll scream. No, when you go to a football match and there's just like some dead-eyed, like weird. I, t- I tell you what, this this scared me. There was the weirdest mascot at a football match ever it was for Lincoln City. I think it's Lincoln City, and it's called the Poacher. string of sausages. <laughs> no, no, it's not as bad as that. There was a boiler one once for West Ham, I think. This one, it was like, it's called the Poacher Imp. And it's like a weird little, it's supposed to be like a little imp, like a weird little yeah. thing. Ever so creepy, cold, cold dead eyes, nothing behind it. You don't know who's in there. Do you know what I mean? That's the, that's the scary thing. Who could it be? Could be anyone. Could be anyone. Gary Glitter, Michael Flatley. Only one of those is a paedophile. The other one's just a normal man. Um, the other one's just got could very Could be fast anyone in feet. there. I reckon you recognise it if it was Michael Flatley. You'd look at the feet and you go, I could barely see him. It's like a His sonic arms are blur. Still though. <laughs> His arms are completely still. Um, so yeah, I guess like stuff like that. I don't know if it was ever a, a, like a rational fear. It just used to be a bit put off. I mean, give, given some thought, I could probably remember some stuff. How about you? Uh, kinder trauma's been a couple for you. One, I think we've already talked about it, so I need to touch on it briefly actual reconstructions on crime watch that i would always oh, yeah. watch despite it terrifying me i had a point mm. as a child where i would actively <laughs> look i'd watch the real videoed reconstruction of terrible violent crime but then would look away from the to the photo fit picture because i found them too scary i mean photo um, fit pictures are pretty scary aren't they yeah imagine if people look like those Ugh. horrible oh, yeah. um my uncle chris it was a horror filmmaker now we should get him on for a chat sometime um oh yeah he had a he's much younger than my like he's younger than my dad like my dad is the oldest he is the youngest so when we were kids he was in his like early 20s like he hadn't moved out of his parents house yet and he had like a he had like a poster of freddy krueger on his wall so i'd go around to visit my grandparents and then there'd be 
horrible poster of Freddy Krueger oh, no. up there. It wouldn't go in that room. So it was very scary. Yeah. Um, and then, and I think, you know, maybe this is an opportunity for the documentary makers. Listen in, guys. I think particularly of people from the UK and of around our age, just government safety videos about getting your hands blown off with fireworks yeah. or, you know, flying a kite into the pylons or falling going into a swamp. farm ever. Yeah, yeah. falling into the, the grain pit of the swamp and being like <laughs> slurped into oblivion. Yeah, the swampy grain pit of the farm or a gate yeah, dropping yeah, on you or accidentally drinking acid. Things All these like, things. I guess like uh, Watership Down and Animals of Five in Wood, there were quite some scary moments in that. Like, yeah almost animal violence in a cartoon um and then also like yeah fantasy movies from the 80s that weren't necessarily horror but like used to yeah the re- I, I see return to oz as being discussed in this yeah documentary, horrible which, horrible wheelers which, it wasn't always the wheelers that got me it was old uh the what's the name with just a mom being a lots of faces mom being all her heads and when all the heads like scream after after dorothy that was scary um yeah, Labyrinth, um, all the goblins in that were pretty freaky. Any sort of Jim Henson puppet, I feel like, had a certain a certain quality to it that scared the crap out of me. Didn't um, like it in Labyrinth when... I know the implications were that actually it was a... You know, it was a, it was a spiked peach that had that horrible worm in it that would send a doolally and make her forget about yeah. a, a kid brother. But I, was, I found it deeply unpleasant that you might bite into a peach and there'd be a worm in it. I haven't eaten a peach yeah. since. And talking of worms, even that little worm on the wall with his little scarf on used to scare me. Horrible. Horrible little voice. Uh, and the, the, the old lady at the end who's like uh, in the, sort of got all the stuff on her back. She's like in the, in living in the, living in the, you know what I mean? Like the, the peddler. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's all that sort of stuff. It could go on forever and I would, which is why I'm probably going to enjoy watching this movie but yeah i think distinctively british things as well which i mean i don't know if they're going to cover anything like that but yeah there's a hell of a lot of super creepy stuff especially like growing up in the 80s what a weird time to sort of be alive and surrounded tell you, by tell you what ben i won't i won't waver in my support for the documentary if they don't take up on this but after that great audition and that bit of a talking head you've just given there i think you should be on it yeah, get me on get, it for God's get sake. Get you on. I mean, if you're listening, guys, we won't we won't charge a fee. We'll just we'll just turn up. You haven't got to change the target or anything. No, don't worry. I don't want to be an executive producer. Just if you give me a couple of minutes of airtime, I will talk about Lincoln City's poacher imp mascot. And the, <laughs> or and fall the tr- into the swamp at the farm. And fall into the swamp. Swamp at the. F- I'm gonna I'm gonna have to show you the the poacher imp because it is terrifying. Because I remember being like at a football game, going, "Oh, what's, it's kind of like." Uh, the only way to describe it's got a big red face and like a uh, like a white beard and white eyebrows, and I, I just okay. remember it it was coming it was coming along like where we were sat, and it was like waving at everyone. And for some reason, now this might not be true, but when it got to me, it just stared at me, stared straight down at me, like oh, no. like it wanted to kill me. Came um, at you with like the voice of Zeus, but only you could hear it in your mind. Yeah, I was and I saw. So Rupert the Bear, a uh, 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 thing live. This horrible gorilla came out. I wasn't horrible. It was just a mischievous gorilla. Came out, ruffled my hair, and stole my banana out of my lunchbox. Jesus, stole your banana as well. Yeah, I mean, all a bit of fun. But that is theft. That's that is theft. But also, like, I bet as soon as it saw that banana, right? This is right on brand for me. Yeah, 
I bet you came that. backstage that night, the man in the gorilla suit said, fucking I've crushed that. Oh, and a I, man I, in a gorilla just, suit. I was thinking yeah, it wasn't a real gorilla, gorilla sorry. Should have clarified, not a gorilla. It ruffled your hair. Could have had a cry about it. It's really upset. Did you have a cry? Oh, bless yeah, me. I was dead upset. I was, I was like three. <laughs> Big gorilla. Oh, I didn't know he's not old. a real gorilla. Little kid. Yeah, freaky, isn't it? Um, the fact I still remember it to this day probably clarifies it as kinder trauma. It's what with my earliest memories with Mrs. Radford. Previous listeners will know oh, yeah. who that is. Fucking hell. I remember, sorry to keep mentioning the Lincoln City Poacher Imp. I remember like going <laughs> when Lincoln City came to, came to, so it was when I used to go and watch Bristol City. Um, Lincoln City came back to like Bristol City the year after. I remember genuinely thinking, "Oh, I don't want to see I that poacher again." The poacher but now, be there. I've just googled him. There's one picture where he's got a GoPro on his chest. They've obviously given him a body cam because he's committed <laughs> commit, committing offences. <laughs> I wear a body cam for my safe, my protection, and yours. My protection and yours, exactly. Um, but yeah, we hopefully also we will be getting the director of the Kinder Trauma documentary in for an interview soon. So we'll find out if this sounds up your street. Um, find out more on the podcast very soon. Horror news. On top of that, I've got a story here. Blumhouse Games. Andy, Why? does this make you feel they're getting involved, don't they? Um, Blumhouse is launching a new subsidiary to produce and publish video games. The company has appointed some, somebody as like a president, somebody as a CFO, partner with independent game creators to bring their creative vision to life via original horror-themed games for console, PC, and mobile audiences in the spirit of its film business. Um, it will target indie budget games below $10 million to enable innovation and push creative boundaries. Um, yeah, this could be interesting. I suppose even just attaching a name Blumhouse to something like that is going to give it more of an audience well, yeah they're knocking these things up aren't they like it's not so much in the world of games or films myself you know i i get a bugbear with how how t- how far the, the the term indie will stretch with things like when i hear mm. um indie yeah. and then it's followed up with budget of 10 million or less i was like if you've got a budget of 10 million i'm not sure how much of an indie you are anymore yes yeah. you're not Yes, you're not EA with a budget of that size, but in the same yeah. way as like, you know, would I call like an Image Comics or a Dark Horse Comics indie? They're not Marvel yeah. or DC, but they are still large corporations that have. Yeah. yeah. When I think of indie and like think of some of these things that have come about, like <laughs> not horror. I don't have a horror example <clears throat> off the top of the dome, but Stardew Valley made by one guy. That is an indie game. Oh right, I don't it was know. Made by, like, made by one, one guy, was it that one? Yeah, uh, or very few people. I know um, more horror oh, okay. tomes. What's the um, Undertale? Undertale's one guy. Oh, okay. Wow. Um, yeah, very like the. I think some of the things which become absolutely huge things do have tiny, tiny teams behind them, and they don't have mm. millions of dollars. I would always encourage more horror media stuff, but. I think if yeah. you're really leaning into indie as your cat as your catchword, look for someone who's got a tiny idea and no money. Um, yeah. You know, I, I think when you've got a budget of ten million, you know, I'd say more than one million, then you've probably got um, a fairly good shot at these at these things. If you've got a compelling idea, it's sometimes about talent, not not money. Mm. But I'll yeah, take yeah, it. Definitely. I'll take. I'll take. I'd love to see what they what they put out. <clears throat> yeah. It's interesting. Um, it sounds like a little bit different to 
I don't know. Initially, I was like, oh, does that mean it's like Netflix games? But I think Netflix is just providing a platform rather than like actually mm-hmm. um, being associated in any other way. Um, more news. A movie called The Pope's Exorcist has got a trailer. The first footage from it is coming in April. Um, the footage was revealed just today. And it's a movie starring Russell Crowe. I was about to say, is it yeah. rusty? It is, isn't it's, it? Yes. It's a rusty crow. Um, so, yeah, the, post, the Pope's exorcist is based on real-life exorcist Father Gabriel Amorf, the legendary Italian priest who performed over 100,000 exorcisms for the Vatican. Now, come on, right? I can... I, 100,000? Hang on, let me do some I, maths here. I can get on board with, if you've gone, oh, I've done a 1,000 exorcisms. Maybe, maybe. But it feels like what they're doing there is they're just saying, no matter what someone's ailment or problem is, they're going, you're possessed. And I feel like that is where religion takes things too far. 100,000 exorcisms. If he did like 10, what are the chances of a a real life Italian priest coming across 100,000 people who are possessed? I'll tell you what, Ben, he must do it pretty rapidly. I've just done the maths here. Go on. I haven't accounted in for leap years yet. I can put a few more okay. days in this if you, you like. What, but... what year do you what do you, year do you reckon he began? <sighs> what year did he begin? I don't know. It feels like it's like a like a nineteen twenty. Oh, nineteen. Oh, sorry. I meant like what year in his life do you think he began? Oh, I think you've got to be like. I don't think it's a. I don't think it's your first job out of school, like a paper round or anything like that. It's probably. It's yeah. probably 25, 30 if he's a if he's a prodigy in that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So apparently or just like, then, I'm sick I'm sick of coming across people who are possessed every five minutes of my life. I reckon he, start... it'd have to be because if he did based on a hundred thousand, Ben. Yeah. If he did one a day, what just one exorcism, and I think from the exorcist and films like it, I think one would probably be a limit for a day. You might want a day off. Yeah, Didn't have any absolutely. days off. If he just took the leap year, February the 29th off, yeah. that's still taking 273.9 years to do that many. Oh, Jesus. So that, we're talking like a queue. There's got to be a queue formed, right? Either that, or do you reckon he's talking about... Has he done like, has num- he done like a whole, num- a whole, a whole football yeah. stadium? Football. Yeah, the number, of, the number of people with spirits. So he filled a stadium and he only says the words once, but he does do, you know... Capacity crowd, ten thousand exorcisms in that on that day. Yeah, all that is like you know the you see those videos of evangelical churches and they put like Street Fighter sound effects over them, like it's like <laughs> yeah. that where he's running through clouds of people like uh, 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 like knocking the demons out of them left and right. Yeah, that's impressive. I mean, that's got to be in terms of uh, the most exorcisms ever done. That's got to be it, right? It's got you know, anyone else in history who's got more than that, surely. Over a hundred thousand. I know it's a matter of faith, then it's the church thing, but I'm just not sure mathematically. <laughs> no, not possible, is it? Anyway, regardless of that, we're going to get a film, and the film is just going to be Russell Crowe, um, speed running exorcisms. Yeah, <laughs> speed running exorcisms. Um. And there's also another movie that's been announced called Sting, which is spider horror film, Andy. The first look at arachnophobia horror movie featuring practical spider effects, which is interesting. Little robot Um, spiders. Yeah, well, 
I don't know, robot, robots, is that what it would be? I suppose it would. Not Muppet um, spiders. One, one called Stormy Night in New York City, a mysterious object falls from the sky and smashes through the window of a rundown apartment building. It's an egg, and from this egg emerges a strange little spider. Alien egg? Alien spider? Well, otherwise it'd be an alien film, not a spider film. So, yeah, better true. be. Earth must just... have just been blown from the jungle that's or where weird, spiders it? live. So it's discovered by Charlotte, Charlotte, Charlotte's Web. Charlotte's Web. Yeah, uh, a rebellious twelve-year-old girl obsessed with comic books, Spider-Man. Um, yeah. So yeah, just this looks like it's sort of like a family film, but I guess like Arachnophobia was like that, really, wasn't it? It was like a sort of family movie, but yeah, I guess maybe I'll go full horror with this. Well, Arachnophobia was full horror, but it was like yeah, I think I... we discussed this before. Remember the trailer for Arachnophobia? It was like billed as being almost like a family comedy. And then before you, you know it, a spider a comes out of someone's nose, like when they're watching Wheel of Fortune. Jesus. We should Jesus. do an well, well, I think especially with that with that release coming up, we maybe have to we'll we'll have to do an arachnophobia episode. Yeah, yeah, that sounds good. That, this sounds cool though. I think um there were, I swear there was like a sort of spider horror film that came out not so long ago, but I don't think it got much traction. Um, so there's that. Uh, oh, that's it. That's it for horror news. Sorry, I was about to go, and I've also got this, but no, that's it. Unless there's anything else that you've. Uh, no, the only minor seen? thing I've seen is that the we haven't seen it yet. It will be premiering in the UK at uh, Fright Fest Glasgow next month. But Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. Um, you know, you know what? It's made it's made good bank, right? Like, obviously not a huge budget film. It's already based on a limited US release made huge profits on its um, return. And then I think the directors have come out and said the sequel will have a larger budget. And then they've also thrown out some other fantasy gets that they would like to have. I think they had one of them that would love to do Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Sorry, guys, still very much an active IP. I don't think you're going to get that one. But Stay the hell away from them. Yeah. I, I was talking to someone about it the other day, saying that like, I know that the opinion of this has been mixed. We haven't seen it yet, so we can't speak to the quality or lack thereof. Um, but yeah. I know that some people have an argument with what they think about taking something the opposite of kinder trauma, creating one later, taking yeah. something that people loved as a kid and then turning it into like a a gory horror thing. Mm. And my take on it is again, haven't seen Blood and Honey yet. Can't say either way um, yeah. anything about it. I've not even fully read reviews because I do intend to see what it's about. Mm-hmm. But I think it is entirely possible to take something that is one thing and do a horror version of it and tell a horror story. But I, yeah, my opinion is it just has to be slightly more nuanced than, oh no, SpongeBob is. He stabbed your mom in the eyes, didn't he? Like, yeah. weep for your childhood because its innocence has been destroyed. Like, I think it has to be more so than that. And you know what? For its successes or otherwise, I was interested in how they approached the banana splits. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. You've very, had, you, you have mentioned that before. Yeah, you? It's, yeah, it's very Five Nights at Freddy's, and banana splits is. Uh, wouldn't think it's a look at me, Ben, but before my time, I only knew it from reruns on The Big Breakfast. Um, like, it was... Um, yeah, I think it's possible to do, but I think you have to be a little bit more 
deliberate than um than just take thing put a murderer in it but with the aesthetic of the other thing i think you have yeah, to yeah that's why that's why i feel like um like unless this um killer has got a big round uh, belly and just a red t-shirt and no bottoms on I- i'm not interested and scooping honey out of a out of a honey pot like a hungry bear <laughs> like a hungry oh bear. i mean like think about that making it a horror thing like make winnie the pooh still nice but he comes into your house eats all the honey you get stuck in your door then it's like a trapped you know yeah. it's like a it's like a the fall or a buried where you're stuck in the house how do you reckon... get out there's a winnie the pooh Let... in the door Let's make a Cujo with Winnie the Pooh. Winnie the Pooh gets bitten by a bat, goes rabid. That Winnie little gopher gets the gets the gets the rabies and and bites yeah. him. They all get the rabies, all of them. Um, okay. Eeyore, like a, with a with a donkey's powerful legs, kick you hard enough in the chest to stop your heart. He wouldn't have enough energy. He's always. Lethargic. Oh, if he just snaps though, he's just had enough of it. Yeah, he's had a gutsful. He's depressed, isn't he? Um, that is. That's it for for horror news. Um, I guess we should move on to what we've been watching. What has this been have a you busy? Been watching? Has this been a busy week for you? You know what, Ben? It's not been too bad. Let me tell you about what I've been watching. In in a couple of senses, one of them I'll just group everything together. I finished Ben my Tremors, my Tremors tour. Mother of God, that was quick. How so many are there? Six. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, seven. Four, five, seven. Yeah, yep. that's how it works. Um, they stop numbering wow. them after five. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think it like like Stu said last week. Actually, one to four, like the se- the first few sequels, two to four, still have a lot of delight and wonder about them. Number four in particular, yeah. I really quite liked. It's the one that's in the past where it's like you know in the the wild west days where like a relative of Bert Gummer oh, comes yeah, along yeah, yeah. that it's a lot of fun you know it's very sweet and it plays nicely into the characters you know versus mm-hmm. um you know the different versions of them you know there's like a there's like a family that has started the shop there's like other like ranches and everything that are there and it's it's yeah it's really quite fun after Tremors 4, it awesome. does get more of a... I think, like Stu said, it doesn't have quite that the same sense of innocence about it. It's still quite comedic. Um, we have, from Tremors 5, Jamie Kennedy uh, of Son of the Mask fame joins mm-hmm. as um, Bert's, Bert's estranged son, and they go to oh, South okay. Africa and then to the Antarctic. But Are bloody Tremors following me? Cause yeah, they're all over. They're all... I go. They're all over the shop. Uh, and then Shrieker Island was the most recent one from 2020. Oh, yeah. If you don't want spoilers for Shrieker's Island, do skip ahead of 30 seconds now. Are you okay with spoilers for Shrieker's Island, Ben? Yeah, give them to me. Uh, Bert says goodbye in that one. He dies at the end. Oh, no. But does he die? Is he half man, half oh, tremor? Oh, he looked pretty dead. He was exploded. Um, uh, okay. Um, but, um, and they... Kind of maybe that's a bit of a send off for the character. There's nothing yeah. overtly wrong with them. Completely watchable, disposable action films, but they just don't have the character of the early ones anymore. Um, mm. But it's a it's a it's a nice run through the. It's a nice run. It was a nice run through the series. If you don't have lots and lots of time, I would say stop at four, perhaps. Stop but um, four. okay. But nice. yeah, there's there's some there's some good enjoyable things to be had. 
Um, others aside, you know, I'm going to come back to that one. I had some little little watches. I finished season two of Chucky. It's great. Really yeah, good. Course, yeah, I think my favourite, I think some of my favourite horror TV stuff, really imaginative, good slash, like slasher stuff. It's funny. I think the characters are all really good. Just brilliant stuff. Really good horror TV. Cannot recommend yeah. it enough. Awesome. Um, awesome. I'm up to date on The Last of Us. Have you been watching that? I've, I'm one behind, I believe. So um, I've been watching it, enjoying it. I think the whatever the latest episode that I saw was, which is uh, quite an emotional, yeah. heightened emotional one. Um, I'm pretty sure I know where the next one's going to go in terms of how it, how it correlates to the game. Uh, yeah. Really Are we going to talk about that one's out? We're just going to keep saying we're watching it and then we'll, do, we'll talk about it yeah. all when we're done. So I think we're going to do... Um, like to do a bonus episode on that. I know I've mentioned it a couple of times. When it's all out and it's all done, and we've seen everything, let's do a bonus episode. And we'll do it. Um, then I watched a short film that some short filmmakers got in touch with me about called Kiddo. Oh, nice. It's available on YouTube. I will, it's 15 minutes of your 15 minutes of your time. Um okay. I don't wanna don't wanna spoil it. It's a short, it's a short video. Um talks about the farming industry and the meat industry in particular. Uh, presented mm-hmm. with a with a short horror story, I will send you the link, Ben. You can enjoy it for yourself Very and nice. post it in the show notes. Good British production, yeah. um, some good practical effects in there. It's worth a little watch for a few minutes of your time. Um, then I read. Tell you what, little oh, little sidestep here. I read a new comic, um, but I don't have the full team in front of me, I'm afraid. But it's by Scottish uh, comic writer John Lee's. Um, oh, it's called okay. The Nasty that's coming out from Vault Comics um, very soon um, they <laughs> sent me the first issue of that as a preview, it's already available for pre-order at your local comic book store and it will be out in shops in April I think um, Sweet. it's a group of friends that all meet at a video shop to watch their favourite um, horror movies, keeping a video store alive in a rapidly uh, modernising world um, they opt to do a movie club and they get their hands on the ultimate video video nasty. Unfortunately, the fit tape is destroyed before they can watch it. But knowing that no one's really seen the movie, I think maybe we could recreate it ourselves. Recreate it. Be kind rewind style. Yeah. And um, there is a character in it. One of the characters has an imaginary friend. It's called the nasty. As a what um, friend? Oh, he's got an he's got an imaginary friend who's a big Jason Voorhees. Oh Jesus! We said uh, an an imaginary friend. Did imaginary you, friend. Said... No, just obviously doing some accent work. We talked about someone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's um. <laughs> I really enjoyed. I really enjoyed the setup in the first issue. What I've told you is only what's in the synopsis. Um, but I think I'm going to enjoy nice. this series. Um, I'm going to try and get on to some of the folks behind it. See if I can't get them to come and talk about it when it comes out with us. Maybe, Ooh. maybe if I can twist their arms and get their interests enough with a Jason Voorhees like character, maybe it's time, Ben, that we actually get Jason oh. on Jason himself actually... on the podcast because we've only done Friday the 13th once. We've never done an episode with actual Jason in it, apart from that very the bit at the very end. Yeah, that's true. Good point. I suppose we should. And I then, suppose we should. Horror creden- credentials out the window otherwise. Yeah. The last thing I'm going to say to you, Ben, I finally... Only one of the two. 
not got around to the other acclaimed film that doesn't have a proper UK release yet, but did eventually manage to get to rent a copy of Infinity Pool to watch. <laughs> Keeping me on the edge of my seat there. It's like I've seen Infi- nasty. Getting a I've seen Infinity Pool. Hard to reach film. I've seen Infinity Pool as well. Um, we talk about that quickly? What did you so think, I guess, roughly? I guess we could talk about it quickly. Are you a fan of Brandon Cronenberg's other movie, Possessor? I liked Possessor a lot. Yeah, I really, really liked Possessor. And, and I think if you liked Possessor, there's a lot to like in this film as well. There's some body horror stuff that kind of like... Well, maybe the, maybe the body horror stuff isn't like as front and centre as Possessor. Mm-hmm. But it does... You do still get it. Um I think Mia Goff is. I mean, I mean, um, what's his flavor? Alexander Skarsgård is is great as well. He's solid, but Mia Goff, is, Jesus Christ, she's on she another just, level in that. She's in this on film. another level, yeah. Like sort of unassuming to start with, and then just like batshit intense. I don't even want to say batshit crazy. I feel like calling a batshit crazy is a bit unfair. She's batshit so. Intense. So good on it when she's eating a chicken and drinking a wine on the bonnet of that car. What a time. Iconic. A new, for for me personally, a new great metaphor to describe something which is real nice but is over far too soon. Like going on a roller coaster or when you have a really good dinner and you just Mm. pop it up real quick and it's gone. You could describe that as non-plot spoilers for... Infinity Ball coming up front. Do skip forward 30 seconds. Um, now, calling things a mere goth handjob are the way to go. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder where you're going to go with that then. Yeah, uh, yeah mere goth handjob. One from behind as well, which would an unexpected one from behind as well. I mean, maybe hey, he should have been just... really careful. He was going for a wee at the time. Could have got could've horrible. Got... <laughs> could have got real could've messy. Me- could have gone messy. She could have gone, bloody hell, that, that's a lot. And you're going to ask, that is just urine. Um... <laughs> <laughs> it's gone everywhere, you you fool. Um We're out on a picnic, can't... nowhere to wash your hands. I ain't Again. got enough baby wipes for this. <laughs> it does stray into the territory of, and this isn't like spoilers, I guess, but like rich people doing bad things just because they're rich. Um, you know, like a, 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 a wealth of, I guess, things like, does that happen in The Purge? But that sort of vibe, you know? Um Without without spoiling it, but it 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 sort of approaches a lot of things about identity quite interestingly as well, um and also like sexual identity too. But yeah, I think overall, I I'm definitely a fan. I definitely enjoyed it, and it it's kind of kind of got to that point, especially after X and Pearl and now Infinity Pool, where I'm just like I want to watch everything Mia Goff's ever been in. And now I'm like looking back and going, I've seen a lot of what uh, uh Mia Goff's been in, but I guess it's just. I've never noticed her as as much as I have after these few roles. I think I, I, was, I was she was great in Suspiria. She's good in High Life, um, the movie of Robert Pattinson, um, sort of sci-fi, weird sci-fi. A Cure for Wellness. She's like an ever-present figure, isn't she? But I guess she isn't um, a, like one of the main leads. Well, I guess she kind of is. She's a nymphomaniac as well. Lars von Troyer, Trier. Yeah, however you say his name. She's in that. Um, so yeah. The fact it's kind of made me want to go back and revisit these films that I already like to just remember what Mia Goss performances are like in it and maybe just see that journey that she's taken from being um, sort of an actress, an actor appearing in these films to suddenly being this huge 
huge worldwide star whose performances. I mean, that is a real accent in Infinity Pool as well, right? Because she is English. She is, she is, yeah. Can't say that nowadays, though, Ben. Put you in prison. Um, but yeah, she's. <laughs> what, for just saying she's English? Yeah. Just for saying these she's days. Uh, yeah, these days. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, she. Um, she yeah, she is English. Um, but she's brilliant in it. Yeah, she's so good. Yeah. Um, yeah, um, yeah, I can't, I, I can't I would... overstate that performance. It's, it's really, really good. I think we'll give Again. it some time to cool and maybe we'll do an episode on that or Possessor because I think Brandon Cronenberg is a great filmmaker. Yeah, definitely. Um, and again, minor spoilers, but I would crawl on my hands and knees in front of a car while Mia Goff sat on the bonnet eating chicken and drinking wine. Uh, just she, all she got to do is say the word, um, and and I'll be I'll be there. Uh, Checking you'd be tempted to go. I'll give a bit. Gives a bit. What you got there? Is it just a, bu- a bucket? I, it, this island doesn't strike me as the kind of island that's got like a KFC just make, just like laying about. <laughs> you got any boneless bites for that? Oh. Sorry, no. Uh, yeah, there's a real high crime rate in this town. You've got to definitely stay in the resort. There's a KFC over there. That's absolutely fine. Don't worry about it. Get yourself in there. Um, yeah, so obviously Infinity Pool was one. There's... I've still not had a chance to watch the Outwaters, which I think is on Screenbox now. So it's on screen. It's on Screenbox. I yeah. did spend an awfully long time with the VPN on, so I appeared in the US. Going, will it stop me from just signing up to Screenbox? Here? It does. I didn't try. Oh right, I think it like, does because I tried to sign up to Screenbox to watch that Pennywise story of it. Um, thing and I and I couldn't get in even with a VPN so I don't know what I was doing wrong. Um it let me do it let me do that bit but I'm, I think sometimes with billing it wants you to have a, a US billing address. Mm. But if I have like if I don't get it sorted soon Ben I, I'm just gonna have to get a friend in the US to pay for a month for me and send them the money. These send are the, the way, money. these are the this is the admin you put us through filmmakers or film distributors yeah, when you don't pull your finger out. Um, okay, things I've watched this this week. I won't, I won't go into huge detail of everything. I started watching 101 scariest movie moments on Shudder, which I know you've seen, Andy. I think I've seen about Ever three so episodes now. Ever so good. Kind of reminds you of classic moments as well. What I like is when a film pops up and they go, this is the next film we're talking about, trying to name what the moment's going to be. That's a fun yeah. game. And when it chooses the moment that you that you don't, you go, nah, my moment's scarier. Um yeah. Uh, it, it it seems to, so it's got a, lo- a lot of love for classic films some other stuff that probably doesn't get enough love i like the fact they talk about the dawn of the dead remake in this one which yeah. is which is good you know because a lot of people go ah oh, oh, zack snyder let's not talk about it. let's talk about the original but i'm like well yeah but this remake has genuinely got a lot of stuff to scary so i'm impressed by that and also stuff that like i've never seen before because you do kind of go through these things thinking i'm gonna have seen all of these but yeah, a couple of films that I've not seen before. That one you mentioned earlier called Terrified, the Argentinian yeah. movie, and the scary moment in that seems bloody scary. So I want to go and check it out. Talking of things that scare me, I also played the Resident Evil Village DLC Shadows of Rose, which I've kind of had downloaded and ready to go for, for a while now, but I finally got around to it. Um, I think it's not essential if if you've played the main game, Resident Evil Village. It's kind of just like a little add-on which takes place years later when Rose has grown up because she's just a baby in Resident Evil Village. Um, and I, I guess it doesn't all necessarily take place in reality. I think a lot of it's in some sort of weird plane of consciousness. But there is a, a weird fungus matrix that she goes into. Yeah. Have you played it? Yeah, I'm 
I've got two. I don't know how much I've got left. I assume not very much. I've got to the long. bit with all the big dollies. Yeah, you haven't got you haven't got long to go at all. Um, but so does that. So officially, I would say I didn't play a DLC of a Resident Evil game expecting to experience one of the scariest moments of in Resident Evil history, which uh, which is I don't know if you've got have you got to this yet? I don't feel like I want to spoil it, but go on, it doesn't it, matter. Uh. Creepy mannequins that only move. Oh yeah, I've done that bit. You, yeah, the dollies. That's, that's that's the dollies bit. It was so stressful, Jesus wasn't it? Christ, it was horrific. So obviously, it's very reminiscent of that Doctor Who um, episode with the statues. Can't remember what the episode's called. Um, Weeping Angels. Weeping Angels. That's it. The episode's um, called remi- Blink, I think. Okay, but very reminiscent of that, and it just doesn't feel right because you're walking around like I want to look in every corner of the room to try and find little items and stuff. And I've got to like walk around by staring at these dolls. And it got me a couple of times where like there were two entrances to a room and I was looking at one entrance and I could hear the the creaky things. And I'm like, okay, the, the thing will appear in a minute and I'll be able to stop it by looking at it. And it came from like this side and got me, scared the crap um, out of me. Imagine my horror, Ben. Quite often when I'm playing a game, unless it's absolutely essential that I have the music on or the sound because it's like a really story-driven one, and the Resident Evil DLC with subtitles on, I was like, nah, I don't need it. I had the sound off, I was listening to a podcast, I only had my eyes Oh my god! to do, to do it. In um, a way, that's like, so they've got horrible glowing eyes, haven't they? I mean, yeah. this is the thing, it, it did remind me of the regenerators in a way, where when the regenerators turn up in Resident Evil 4, it's a completely new sort of um, adversary where you can't just go in all guns blazing because you're you'll waste all your ammo essentially um and the way it kind of like just slowly walks towards you like with the horrible noise it makes as well and you kind of do feel genuinely helpless um i kind of felt a little i was getting those vibes in this and you know i really did enjoy that the fact that it takes you back to those classic moments of the franchise and kind of it's kind of like a mini it's kind of like a mini bit it's like a mini version of the old game of the of a, a village right it's like a little it's like a little yeah. remix of it because effectively there's the first oh. section where there is enemies that you're having to largely run from in the castle um because you can't fight the big axe man straight away yeah. then you go and do the dollies bit uh, we've had that bit and then i imagine whatever i've got left um yeah there's not probably too much be a left. little bit more combat heavy or something like that but it's we'll, very interesting um, uh, without, I mean, this isn't a spoiler, but do you have any idea what the so that basically there's a there's a a a presence guiding you that keeps writing messages in shiny writing, right? Like the magic pen, um, <laughs> that used to tell you how to do handwriting. Um, do you have any idea what that could be at this stage? Um, oh, either it's going to be a character in the outside world trying to guide me back, and I'm in some sort of coma, or it's going to be popular and interesting character, Ethan Winters, back again. Popular, popular, popular and interesting, faceless man. Well, this is the thing, I started playing the game in third-person mode as well, um, which is weird because you do try and like look look at him and, and he'll turn at the very... It's like the cover moment. of the thing, just a glowing like, light. Yeah, exactly. I feel like I've seen enough of him now that I could pick him out in a lineup, though. It's not like, it's not like his face is so secretive. I'm like, all right, well, we get it, we get it. Um, but yeah, I guess that's pretty much all I've watched. I've watched a couple of other things. I watched Twilight Zone the movie, but we were also talking about maybe covering that on the podcast soon, so I won't go into that too heavily. I did 
on top of the 101 scariest moments, I was like, what other little documentaries are there? And there's a there's a documentary called Hail to the Deadites on Shudder as well, which is all about fans of Evil Dead. And, you know, it's fan-made, it's fan-focused, which I think gives it a certain quality. But as a documentary, it feels a bit, like, removed from the franchise because it's got no footage of the franchise in it. It's, there's no Sam Raimi. There's Bruce Campbell, yes. It kind of focuses on some weird stuff, like these two people who like Evil Dead getting married and some other bits and bobs. So for me, I wasn't particularly into it. But I think if you enjoy things like that and it felt more like a youtube video than a than a documentary you know when someone's like we're going to this convention to, to meet the people who who started in evil dead that sounds up your street then definitely check out there's there's a few more documentaries on shadow that i've not seen that i think i'm gonna go and see go and uh check out as well there yeah, we go but, but apart from that no, we've <laughs> both watched <laughs> we've both watched howling 2 not the Howling Two, you know, but the title of this is is something of a sticking point, right? So, Howling Two, your sister is a werewolf, also yeah, known as elf. also known as Howling Two, and Howling Two Sturba Werewolf Bitch, Sturba is that right? Sturba, yes, Sturba Werewolf Bitch. So, is a nineteen eighty five American horror film directed by Philippe Mora. And it's a direct sequel to the 1981 film The Howling, which obviously we've previously covered on the podcast. It stars horror film veteran Christopher Lee in some lovely sunglasses, along with Red Brown and Annie McEnroe as they try to defeat Sybil Danning's werewolf queen Sturba and stop a werewolf group's plans to conquer the world. I mean, very like loose plans to conquer the world. Um, that is essentially the, the, the plot in a nutshell, even though I have to admit I was a little bit lost, even though this is the second time I've seen it in six months. Uh, <laughs> uh, 3.7 on IMDb, 31% critic score, 14% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes, 2.4 on Letterbox. Some choice reviews here. Um, I'm going to start off with a good one, and then a bad one, and then another good one. Classic shit right. sandwich. Uh but Belial, Belial Carboni says, Belial, he's on he's on Letterbox. What a ride. Another howling sequel that easily surpasses the original. Four stars. Interesting. Sounds like a fan of the franchise. Um Corey says, mind-numbing nonsense. Christopher Lee is criminally underutilized than that strike one and two, but strike three is just this horrible ambiance built around what is essentially just a werewolf orgy cult. One and a half stars. Uh, and Bob McCulley says, Every once in a while, I get to experience the amazing feeling of watching a horror movie so gnarly that it beckons me to say out loud in my living room, how have I never seen this before? Four stars. Good on um, you. <laughs> good on you. Uh, yeah, so obviously you've done your howling howling rewatch of the whole of the whole franchise, and this was one that, that, that piqued your interest. Yeah, I'm a big apologist for some of the other Howling films. Like, very few stand up to, I would say, Joe Dante's actually good werewolf movie, the original Howling. I think the original Howling has werewolf transformations that rival the best examples we've seen in the genre. I think it's up there with, like, American Werewolf in London. Yeah, um, definitely. For the the trans... And, you know, similar, similar time frame of release, right? Um, I think the later parts of the franchise 
when you get very late, they get sort of late nineties, early two thousands levels of cliched. Okay. But okay. the third one in the series is well, the marsupials, which is about like <laughs> yeah, different sets watch- of werewolves that are in Australia. Watched- Dead interesting. Have you seen that one? I did watch that one as well. I think yeah. I watched this one and that one like a fair, like pretty much a double bill, um, back in, yeah, like back like six months ago. Uh, um, when I think you were you were doing the rewatch and I was like, yeah, I'll get involved in this rewatch and then yeah, just lost lost momentum after yeah. the, But after like with these other ones, like you talk about this one, like apparently uh, part of the trivia that I read upon this movie was that when Christopher Lee was in Gremlins Two with uh, you know with Joe Dante, oh, yeah. obviously one of the yeah. first things he did was apologize for being in um, <laughs> in Howling Two. But Christopher, oh, right. I, don't you, okay. I, I don't think you needed to. I think this has got I'm some. To a fight. This has got some. This has got some fun things. Other bits of trivia I found here. While we're on the trivia, this is just reminding yeah, me. Yeah, apparently, yeah. Sybil. A couple of things about Sybil Danning, the titular uh, Sturber werewolf bitch. Yeah. Um, she was absolutely. Titular. She was sick of having to go topless, as you mentioned. Titular things. Uh, sick of having to go topless and nudes often in her other movies. I don't think I've seen many other movies with Sybil Danning in. I might have to. Go and see. I'm so sick of it. But well, um, maybe, so <laughs> maybe you she have. Didn't, she didn't want to do too many topless shots. So they thought, no, we're going to have to do one. So they just agreed they would do just the one. I mean, they managed to get plenty of exploitation out of one day's worth of it. But um, it was literally, other than that, uh, it was on repeat during the. During oh, in the, the music video, they obviously got the most out of that little that little clip. But you know where she wears those big sunglasses? She gets her aviators out later on. Yeah. Apparently, it's because she had conjunctivitis in real life. I went, can I wear this? And the director said, you're the queen yeah. of the werewolves. You can wear whatever you want. Well, there we go. Um, I wonder what the creative decision was behind making everybody wear those weird white wraparound sunglasses as well. Oh, when you say. go to a... When you go to a... Now, I wrote, wrote the name of the band down. When you go to a Babel concert, <laughs> then you might that might be standard fare. I'm sorry to go back to Sybil Ma- Sybil Danning's um, topless scene. How many times do you think that that bearing of Sybil Danning's breast is repeated during the movie's ending? How many times did you say? Have you got an actual number for me to be right or wrong on? Yes. Um, 19. Ooh. 17. Oh, so close! <laughs> you were counting. You were counting. <laughs> 17 times this is. If it gets to 20, I'll press stop. Uh... <laughs> I've seen enough of these credits. Thanks. Um, what a film. I think I, my note on this is that every aspect of this film is absolutely dialed up to 11. The aesthetics, the acting, the action, got some eye pops in there. You got you yeah. got all kinds. You got like some sort of like dwarf hitman slash dwarf. Well, he's like an assist. He's like an assistant, assistant until he get until he gets magic, and he's got a bomby knocker. Um, <laughs> Don't anybody's earplugs fall out? <laughs> yeah, that's what happens. Then that's when he gets magic and gets turned into a horrible little ghoulie man. Yes, bloody magic turned into a ghoulie man. Yeah, there's a bit of um a bit of a Don't Look Now vibe as well with it when there's like a little creepy kid, um, who reveals reveals that's him in disguise to be to be. Is it him? Yeah. So after he's been magic, he disguises himself. We'll come to it. 
I didn't realize that killer. See, this film, it does sort of fly around in a lot of different places where I was a bit like, wait, what is going on? Um, but in terms no, of I've like, criticized it in the past, but then someone, I think uh, a proper film scholar recently, when I was complaining about the madness we've seen in some shallow movies we've covered, apparently they're meant to have a dreamlike quality. So if you don't completely lose track of what's happening, you're not oh, watching it properly. Are we saying The Howling 2 is some sort of shallow masterpiece? Yes, some people yes. might say that. <laughs> so in, in terms of how it's connected to the first movie, um, so it's Dee Wallace's character who is played by somebody else. Well, is dead, but is played by somebody else, right? Yeah, we get some clips of her later, which obviously the, the funeral director did wonders in making her up to look like a different actor. but Different person um, completely. So she's she's died, but her brother is trying to get to the bottom of how and why she died. Um, because obviously she's been killed. Probably shot on live telly. Shouldn't shot on live telly. But this is the thing. Like they talk about this as if it's if it's like a recording on it. This is this is fake. This never happened. But if it was actually on live TV, it'd be like one of the biggest things in the world, right? Wouldn't it? Because it was the news as well, which might go out live. Maybe it was just a recording of the news, and then yeah, never maybe was. it was. And it well, was can you, what... you imagine? Like, what's his name? Jim Norton was on there. And like it's all right on the. It'll be all right on the night. Now look at this little clip of when the news go, <laughs> when the news goes wrong. A little bit embarrassing, a little bit of a hairy are, situation. Yeah, the the news anchor's actually a werewolf. Thankfully, yeah. there are lots of people in the studio with guns to blow her away. Yeah, that's good. Everyone's just ready ready to go. Um, which I think is a fun, fantastic ending to like the first movie. Yeah, um, and then we get the werewolf woman. You know, the one that seduces the problematic main guy. He turns into like a werewolf while he's having an affair with her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, problematic main guy. Yeah, exactly. Um, which I think when from watching, from watching, in search of darkness, didn't D. Wallace? I think she was in an actual relationship with that guy as well. Um, oh, she. And she and she talks about being in a relationship with him and like witnessing him having that sex scene, and how he disapproved of her having some sex scenes. I believe. Um, go and watch In Search of Darkness. It covers it covers it in greater detail. I haven't got to yeah. that bit yet. I'll get there. Christopher Lee, though, um, he had this weird period, didn't he, in the in the eighties, where he was just popping up in everything. Um, where because this feels, I don't want to be mean about the film because I don't think the film's terrible. However, it feels like one of his films. Like, is it a bit beneath him? I don't know. Like, he, I, I feel like he was just. Just again, just appearing in pretty much anything and everything at this point in his career. Yeah, do you agree I, that? Or do you think? I think I think it's very true. I think that you can take some films for their artistic integrity. You can take some films because they send you, you know, they send an important message. But like Michael Caine himself, you can take a Jaws: The Revenge because it buys your mom a new house. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's probably a case of that one. And he's never seen it before. But I don't I don't think that taken in the right context, this is a this is a bad film or something to be ashamed of. It it's something very different from the original Howling, which tells a message. It has the excesses of uh, you know, a very big exploitation era movie. It is the film that has allowed me to now continue with my ongoing belief that anyone who tells you that vampires are the horniest of the classic monsters can get in the bin because they've not seen the um, 
they've not watched enough of the Howling franchise to understand these these Incredibly these horny, vampires yeah. have got nothing. They got no game. They're DTF like those werewolves. I don't know. I feel about that as well. Like, are we watching a sex scene or is it just straight up bestiality? Because I feel like it could be the latter. I don't know. Like to begin with, it's definitely not. I wonder at what point during a werewolf transformation, because you would imagine if they would ultimately turn into wolves, at what point do you get extra nipples? That's true. Did you notice Jimmy Nail in this film as well? I noticed Jimmy Nail, and I also noticed a friend of the show and previous guest Dan Butcher in a key role as well. (laughs) Wait, wait. Who was he? One of the guys at the start? No, Dan... Don't get get him angry. Oh, was was he like the... Main werewolf the, dude. Yeah, the main werewolf dude, exactly. Yeah. That's what you mean. Strong, strong jawline is what we're saying, right? Yeah, strong, strong jawline, classic action hero. Look, I think yeah. Dan could do the Jambajaya like chance that they do, <laughs> and then spend the rest of his time at a local village fate just clapping at puppet shows. Bloody village fate. Oh. That goes on it, for days. The fact <laughs> it was like a village fate celebrating at full moon and the, and the puppet show like had wolves in it and stuff. You would just be like, hang on a minute. We're having I mean, what comes to it as we do, what comes as we go as we go through the plot, but it feels like for a large portion of this film, our two main characters that aren't Stefan Christopher Lee wildly mm. swing between being on a mission where they've gone specifically to the old country yep. to kill a werewolf queen. To just being on a holiday? To just being on holiday, um, having sexy time in the hotel, um, just chilling out and going, do you want to go get some dinner somewhere? Um, asking stupid <laughs> questions. Asking stupid questions. One of the most stupid questions I've ever heard anybody ask in this film is when they go, we're supposed to be meeting someone here, and they ask the man at the hotel, they go, have you seen a stranger in town? <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry. I just know everybody in this town. I know everyone. Um, and if I see a stranger... Oh, and they'll go, what it goes, what does he look like? He's like, Oh, you, you wouldn't have to ask that if you're it's just Christopher Lee, right? Yeah. So yeah, Christopher Lee, an old white man. An old an old white man. So like it's Big such a around sunglasses. <laughs> it's literally like it is like getting on the bus and going one ticket to my house, please. It's just like <laughs> it's ridiculous. You're just like expecting so much from my people. favorite part in that hotel exchange is oh, you're in uh you're in room six six six. They're going to look at oh, him. Yeah. This hotel doesn't look big enough to have six floors. <laughs> and this guy loses it. He's like, ah! <laughs> no, it doesn't, does it? <sighs> oh, well. I don't, think, I, don't think I've ever, I don't think I've ever walked into a hotel and gone, like, done a mental checklist of how many floors it's got. In my I guess head. it depends. Like, if you walked into it, it looks like a regular size house, like a B&B oh, okay. or a pub. And yeah, you've yeah, gone, okay. Oh, yeah, you're on the 31st floor. Give it. <laughs> you walk you walk into a premier inn and they go uh you're up upstairs in the what's it called you're up, the, you're up on 49 penthouse Sorry. you're in the pen you're in the penthouse suite right on the, it's on the roof yeah yeah it's on the roof lovely um so yeah obviously in terms of we've mentioned like some of the cast pretty much i mean that's everyone you need to know sybil dannon is sturber the werewolf queen and christopher lee as stefan crossco he does love playing these sort of roles and he like these sort of mysterious um, sort of, they know the secrets, and they're sort of like the hero, or essentially the man of the man—not the man of science, but you know, the man of understanding. Based yeah, on the, the man of letters, the man of the wisdom, man of, and yeah, this the is wisdom where we get, man. 
we get Christopher Lee and a skeleton doing a reading at the beginning, don't we? Like the opening of the film is some lovely monologue, <laughs> which is like, and lo, on this day, the horrible werewolf was made and over yeah. generations there would come a time that we would have to stop them before all terribleness was happening. And now on with the mm. film. Exactly. And now on with the film, indeed. Um, so you might have to guide me a little bit with this, um, unfortunately. Not, not that, it's okay, not it's, that a dreamlike, it's a dreamlike piece that, of Jalo cinema, so, right? Not, I don't take, take this podcast seriously, but sometimes I definitely do struggle with making sense of film. So it starts with the funeral of journalist Karen White, played by Dee Wallace in the original, um, and Ben White, it's also the name of a famous Arsenal footballer. No, but it's not that. It's not him. Um, not him. Tends... He's just at, he's at the funeral, and the bit I love about the funeral that begins is that the first line of non-narration dialogue we get sounds like the priest's having a stressful day because it begins by going, <laughs> "Oh God, <laughs> <laughs> oh God, oh what's wrong, mate? Nothing." And then he goes, "Oh God," but then he says, "Like Karen was a victim of a." Terrible crime, a senseless man. I was like, no, there was definitely a reason behind you. She was turning into a bloody werewolf. She was she shot into a bloody we, werewolf. Wasn't Does a that, random uh, act of violence, but I'm guessing because it was covered up. Are we made to think that whoever shot her like got done for it? Seems mean. Yeah, it's, I guess it's just being covered up. But Christopher Lee's at the funeral, um, and we quickly established that he's not a an invited guest. Really interesting aesthetic designs in that Karen's coffin appears to have like a glass window yeah open casket which is well open casket but then even when it's closed it has a see-through front so you can continue to see her oh, okay. like she's so in a, a constant, snow white coffin a constant open casket also who does christopher lee think he is just turning up unannounced to funerals like some sort of funeral crasher and going up to ben and going sister's a werewolf mate and he goes how <laughs> dare you I dare you, this is a day of mourning, and uh, I don't want anyone to say, you're the third person today who's told me she was a werewolf, I'm starting to think. Can you imagine if that was your hobby, that would be brilliant. If you didn't have like, <laughs> if you didn't have yeah. like a life and job and family to maintain, uh, you just turning what? up at funerals of people you didn't know, looking at the obituaries, turning up in a suit, standing at the back and going, sorry to tell you this on a difficult day already, you must have had a really long one, but I'm afraid, you've obviously you've got to play your hand, you've got to look at someone at the funeral to look who might be a brother. Yeah. Because then, you know, because then you can't go, you know. Don't just ask anyone, don't just ask anybody. Like you got to look for someone who could something. be a sibling. It could be a sister. You, yeah. But, you know, you can't be like, your sister's well, because, ha, it was my mum. Fuck, got it wrong. My joke Jeez. hasn't worked. Um, but yeah, he says, your sister's well, because, how dare you? But he's not the only one there. Before you know it, some, a mismatched Seems. werewolf couple, like a, a man who looks like an elderly artist with some flowers, <laughs> and then our, I guess, sort of our mini boss of the werewolves, like a like a young woman werewolf. Yeah, as well. mini mini boss, like uh, right hand man, lady, obviously. And um, she is played by uh, so like mysterious... Marsha Hunt. Marsha Hunt. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Isn't it? Who? Yeah, there's someone when she transforms. There's, there's like a close-up shot of her, of her bloody mouth and her like disfigured face. Oh, God. Really horrific. Um, but yeah, so Ben meets Jenny Templeton, who's like one of Karen's colleagues and like a journalist who's also trying to get to the bottom of it. So she didn't like witness it, but she's got 
she was off that day. Evidence. She was she was off that day at, at annual leave. What I like about this as well is when Ben is basically telling Christopher Lee to piss off. Christopher Lee like gives him his card, but Ben just goes, "Won't you get out of here?" But like keeps the card because plot. Yeah. <laughs> so he's like, "Won't you? Won't you just get out of here? I'm bloody had enough of you." And you think anyone in that situation who was that angry would sling in the card and rip it up, but he keeps it because plot. I guess also maybe in the 1980s. You'd be less inclined to throw something away because you wouldn't be able to Google it later. You hadn't got that skill yet. Also, like nowadays, if Mr. Willie showed outside. you a card, you'd be like, "Sorry, right, I'll look him up. I want to talk to him. Yeah. Also, they are just in um, a graveyard um, or just outside a church. And I feel like littering's bad enough, but littering it on on some sacred land, which you may believe, um, even worse. You know, £100 yeah, pound fine for littering, £200 pound fine if you do it outside... Uh, House of God, yeah, possibly. Um, so yeah, they they have that little encounter, and then they we flash forward to. Don't know, is this the wake? Is this uh, is this a later later the same evening when there's a big old rave coming going on? Yeah, and I think it, I I I felt like this was maybe later the same evening, or maybe a couple of days later. Who knows? Exactly. Um, I mean, if you're if you're in town for the funeral, and there's a local band playing. Then why not? You're not in town every day, are you? So, Marsha Hunt's character, Mariana, is described here as a lusty werewolf siren, and her minion Earl, who is played by that old fella, Ferdy Main. How's that Earl? Earl. Imagine that, right? Because if you if you join some sort of werewolf orgy cult who want to take over the world and resurrect the queen of the werewolves. Um, and you were a lusty werewolf siren called Mariana, right? Who am I teaming up with then? I'm going out there. I'm going out on the. I'm can I take? Can I take floor. Fang I... with me or, buddy Colossus? You take an Earl. You take an Earl. Earl's an old man. He's not even a werewolf. Is he a werewolf? I'm assuming he, he is. is a werewolf, but stitches him up pretty oh, yeah. quick. Oh yeah, an old werewolf. Yeah. Um, I've got to be honest. Earl's absolutely ancient, and I'm out there fighting Jimmy Nail. So I need. Someone who can handle themselves. Sorry, Earl is the only person available. See yeah. you later. Oh, come on. No, sorry, we're all getting to the old country. One of us got to rent a van to eat some hitchhikers in later. You just go to the funeral and get Karen, will you? <laughs> all right, I guess. Um, but yeah, they've they've gone to a big... There's a big old rave up there. Christopher Lee's there. He's iconic moment of the, of the film. He gets his wraparound shades to go into the... <laughs> going to the disco. but he doesn't do anything at this disco he is just there when other things incidentally happen right i reckon he's just having a, he's just having a night out you know and it just happens he's just keep to... he's just keeping an eye on him right yeah i think that's it um so he's around there you're a you're a music man then does the <laughs> band on stage match the aesthetic of the crowd that are watching them because it feels like it's quite a punk yeah, crowd with yeah. denim and giving the band the finger, but it feels like the it feels like the band playing are like I don't know like a sort like of a new synth, wave sort of synth, yeah, synth yeah, yeah, new yeah. wave maybe what a little they, what bit are they called again? Of, of brass that have some scar vibes to them. Um, yeah, it's called? called Babel. Babel. Um, oh yeah, because the song is actually called Howling as well, isn't it? Yeah, and that song, not since not since Killer Clowns from Outer Space have we seen a singular song get quite so much playtime as this yeah. does in this film. To be fair, the 80s was weird, so like even if the band doesn't necessarily look 
or sound <laughs> sound correct, um, you know, they probably would have gained popularity in different sort of circles. But yeah, a bit weird, a bit a little bit annoying in a way. I was just like, oh, shut up, will you, you lot? They're doing um, they're doing this song. They've got the they've got the crowd going. Everyone's everyone's there. There's some interesting graffiti that describes the place they're at as the Bat Cave. Um, oh yeah, that's more vampire-y, isn't it? It's described here. <laughs> it says if you click on the scene, like I'm just looking. I've got I've managed to find a really good gif of of Christopher Lee in the glasses with his sort of like brown leather jacket and a a a. a, a I was red, in his casual wear. A shiny red shirt as well, um, and it said that the Howling Halloween Shindig. Interesting, Halloween. Yeah, he's he's there. He's 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 amongst it. But the reason for my my gasp of of amusement then was that I thought I was just calling that man Jimmy Nail because he looks an awful like him. It's it is actually, actually Jimmy him. Nail. It's actually that's Jimmy what I said. Did you spot Jimmy Nail? And you yeah, were like, yeah, I yeah. thought you were just saying bloody hell. That one looks like Jimmy Nail. Actually, Jimmy Nail. If it's you actually Google, Jimmy Nail. If you Google Howling Two, which is what I did um, when I was just looking for stuff. It's that there's like six photos that come up at the start, and Jimmy Nail's one of them. So he made it into the top six build people, and he's Jimmy Nail is one of three people that um, approach Ariana, the werewolf siren, the deadly, the deadly werewolf siren in this club. Um, He's actually Jimmy Nail is just there. He's got his own girlfriend with him, but two of the other buddy, buddy larrikins that he's with. Yeah. Come up and say, "Here, can I buy you a buy you a drink?" And she's like, "Uh, Turks, no." Um, and then the other one goes, "Oh, would you be interested in basically as blunt as you like?" I think he he might say you're interested in partying, but you might as well say, "Do you want to do some fucking then?" Um, do you want to do some? Fu- you don't want to drink? What, what? What? You don't want to drink with me? Well, would you like to have sexual intercourse with me? And she goes, "Yeah, all right." Which, Never you know, thought you'd buddy ask, actually. I wonder how many times that's worked for him. Got to be the first. Yeah. You think, yeah, I bet like he's either never tried before or it struck out so many times. This probably informed the generation that whistling at people across roads and stuff like that is an effective way to engage them in conversation. But these <laughs> guys are well up for it. The one thing that this did leave me with horrors of, Ben, is the horrors of the modern world, because he says, hey... Oh, sorry, it's it's in a slightly later scene, but I'll finish the thought. A bit later on, the one of these rude men says, oh, I've got a little something for you. And then he unzips and zips up the fly of his trousers so rapidly that I do not think modern zips are capable of doing that. No, and I was thinking. Have you got any trousers with such a loose operating zip, Ben, that you could unzip and zip up your trousers? What's that supposed to mean as well? What's that supposed to mean? Is it like, again, is it kind of like a fret, just like a really quick unzipping? And it also makes me think of that moment in There's Something About Mary when Ben sort of catches just a small amount of of penis slash potentially foreskin in the zip. And I think we even get a look at it as well. And that's haunted me. Talking about kinder trauma, even though what that came out in what 97, I probably would have saw it when I was like 11 or 12. That used to terrify me because I was always the kind of person who would unzip and unzip and have a little whittle straight through the zip hole. I think ever since then, I've been someone who undoes the belt as well. Opens the whole thing up. Gotta be careful. You want to get caught Um, short, literally. but, But this guy gets caught a bit short because when speaking 
um, to Werewolf Siren. Once she agrees that she's going to go to a, um, that she's going to go, she's have you got a place we can go? So yeah, I've got an abandoned warehouse and Jimmy Nail and Co. I've all, got an abandoned warehouse. All nip along to this abandoned warehouse with her. She runs off and does some howling, titular howling. Um, and they're like, Jimmy Nail is with his girlfriend and says, oh, I'll tell you what, lads, leave you to it. We're off to get started on our own. Nothing nothing gets us in the mood for some romantic sex than being in an abandoned warehouse with my associates. Yeah. Load of broken glass on the floor. Yeah. Uh, um, so um, at, at that point, um, so Mariana steps out into the open, just the pants on now, as otherwise stripped off. Um, and those, the two other guys are like, oh, are you ready to play? Because tell you what, we like playing rough in these parts a statement which is immediately proved false when from off screen one of them gets bottled and he gets real angry about it I would say arguably if you say you love playing rough getting smashed with a bottle it should have been like oh you're playing the game (laughs) get bottled that and then he says oh you've made him mad you don't like him when he's mad and his hair is all like disheveled and he just looks like a bit of a dweeb and the fact that they're saying he's supposed to be someone you need to be scared of is actually quite silly. Um, but yeah, they get, get they he gets get out there. he gets out a little cutty knife and he goes around the corner and gets his arm <laughs> chomped off. A little cutty knife. Yeah, they've always got one ready to go, aren't they? A little switchblade. Come on, little switchblade in the eighties. Just give, get given one when you leave school. Yeah, and then what? Then what? I'm a bit lost. What happens now? Does, does, so does, in this does... warehouse, basically, these people get absolutely decimated because this fella gets his arm off, gets his arm bitten off. Jimmy Nail's girlfriend screams. They mm. they all run for it. Jimmy Nail is the next one to be eliminated because uh, he, he wasn't even involved in this aggressive group sex situation. He kind of no. comes back and sees that, that the werewolves are at it. And he gets pretty Donkey Kong up in the rafters. Waz is a massive crate at him. Yeah. He gets bashed <laughs> under a crate. Donkey Kong. Yeah, he gets, a big crate Jimmy. comes from nowhere. He's stuck under it, and then he gets slurped off. Slurped off, yeah. There he go. gets slurped off, uh, and then the other, the other thug gets pushed off the roof, and then Jimmy Nell's, and then Jimmy Nell's girlfriend, who almost makes it to the door, gets a big, big horrible werewolf hand, gets her, and she gets dragged off back inside. So they've all been, yeah. The creature design and effects are like pretty effective. Like the, again. I keep keep going back to this kind of trauma thing. This is exactly the kind of look of like a creature that would have scared me when I was a kid. It was usually like a female creature or like a woman who transformed into something. Maybe that's got connotations of how I how I, how I grew up. Who knows? They don't want to say want to say one way one way or another. But a name and childhood wall to wall stab a bitches. Un uh, unnameable used to scare me. Species. Female werewolves in this terrifying. I think yeah, something about it in there because who who knows? You could you could you could you could, you could give I could go to therapy and they can find out so many different things about have a real all, good conversation about this. Real good conversation about it. And I'd be like, have you seen the bloody the werewolf bitch? And by werewolf yeah. bitch, I mean uh, the my sister is a werewolf. Werewolf bit. I can't remember. Yeah, I think I don't think it's offensive to use it in the term because they are a dog type creature. That is a scientific term. You're fine. 
Yeah, I did see. Uh, I did see a video recently where it was like that. People are weird who insist calling female dogs bitches. Oh, is it a boy or a girl? It's a bitch. <laughs> oh, it's a bit aggressive. Not very nice. Are you a dog? Are you a dog scientist? <laughs> I am actually. Oh, okay then. Um, That's fine. That's fine. Yeah. So they've all been. They've all been got, and I. Yeah. I think they. It's successful in doing what they can with what they have because we get some good face makeup of a half transformed uh Mariana um yeah. you know looking out big nasty crinkled up nose like you'd get if you were turning into a werewolf yeah um and then big teddy bear arm that slurps off um Jimmy Nail's <laughs> girlfriend big teddy bear arm big yeah. bungle bungle gets her um bungle. yeah um, scary, is so wh- where do we where do we go to this? Because obviously, not long after this is when the videotaped evidence of of Karen's transformation is like presented. To... <laughs> they show it to Ben. He goes, "Fake, fake." I, I I've seen. Oh, it's fake. It's it's fake. Does that on the day she died though? Yeah, yeah. It's a coincidence. What does he think happened? Because then Christopher Lee says she was killed by this silver bullet. Um, she was killed, but oh, no, she got killed by regular bullets, but she'll come back unless she's. Oh, yeah, that's right. Of course. Yeah, sorry. Because I was about to say, why did they have silver bullets? But no, they didn't. Killed by regular bullet. Um, she'll come back. So essentially, we need to go and kill her dead body so it doesn't rise before it rises from the grave, which is handy because she's in a see through coffin. Yeah, she's in a see through coffin, so we can check how she's doing. I'm not sure if it's at this point or it was already or it's later, but. I think Christopher Lee does point out at some point quite soon in the movie that we are reaching the werewolf queen's 10,000th birthday. To be fair, even before she transforms, she's yeah. looking well for 10,000 years old. Yeah, definitely. I'd That's like a so. day for 85. Um, yeah, yeah she's Maybe. looking right for, for 10,000 years old. And during this period for the, the full moon that marks her 10,000th birthday, all of the world's werewolves will reveal themselves in various different stages of transformation as we get closer to it, meaning there's going to be werewolves up until the point, not just at the end. Yeah. Um, so he has to do something about it, but his first job is to kill Karen. Um, thinking about it, would you be quite traumatised, Ben? Maybe you'd be imply- inclined to say it was a fake as well. Someone goes, uh, unpleasant thought, Ben, but imagine you've just been to your sister's funeral, ever so sad. And then someone yeah. goes, hey, do you want to see a videotape of the day she was brutally <laughs> shot to death? I'll have a look, yeah. I'll have a look. Um, I'm just, just curious, if anything. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure you wouldn't. But also, I don't know if my first thing would be to say it's fake, because I'd just be like, first of all, it's 1985. Um, deep fake technology doesn't exist yet. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it kind of feel, have they got the budget to, to, make a, to make a fake like that? Who knows? No. But he doesn't believe it anyway. So the next yeah. thing you know, uh, cut to the next evening, and Christopher Lee's not got a gig tonight, so he is at the the graveyard, about to vampire kill um, Karen's dead body. Um, yeah. It's like a uh, vampire kill, isn't it? Essentially, essentially yeah. staking them to death, which I'm just thinking, is the stake just made of silver? Is that why... This this works in terms of killing killing werewolves. I'm not sure what the rules. Yeah, I guess are. if it's a silver stake, that would that would work. Although we titanium comes into it later. But as Stefan Christopher Lee is about to perform the ritual, um, Ben and Annie 
turn up on the scene. And Ben goes, mm-hmm. yeah, stab my sister's dead body in a glass coffin. I will absolutely blow your head off. And then before yeah. Christopher you can finish arguing with him, Karen transforms into a werewolf and the big big werewolf hands come out and grab Christopher Lee. So we did just stick her and she turns back to normal. But then it's like a light gun game in this. There are several sections of this where all of a sudden from several angles, loads of werewolves just come hammering in. They were just chilling out uh, ready for this to happen. They were like, she's going to come back. We better hang around. But yeah, it's like a light gun game, like an on-rail shooter where you're just like, whoa. Yeah, and like literally he's like blazing away with all the guns. It was like Garth Marenghi. So he's like firing, firing the shotgun around, blowing werewolves away, and um, unfortunately, Earl fans, Earl does catch a bullet here, so Earl gets shot. <laughs> unfortunately, Earl fans. Unfortunately, like, take anyone, do, we, never take Earl. Unfortunately, we do lose Earl at this point. Like the werewolves are fended off in a hail of bullets, and as they're running away out of the crypt where Karen was being buried. They grab a net that's by the door. Who's that's a not a woman called Annette. That's Christopher <laughs> Lee, Stefan's wife. Um, no. <laughs> I, I, I love going, I go fishing every week with my two mates, Rod and Annette. <laughs> so they, they take a net out and they capture Earl in it. Um, and he's there going, oh, Please help me. I think I don't think he. Uh, I don't think I liked being a werewolf very much. Like, been, oh, please help. He goes. I've been a werewolf for years, and it's bloody agony. It's exactly. bloody agony. Sick of it. Sick um, of it. And he goes. I'll tell That's us where. Thing. Tell us where Sturber is. Because oh, she's in the old country now. Please help us, Christopher. He's like, all right then. Stab. <laughs> Christopher Lee loves a stab in this. It's his special Lee. move. Said you're going to help her on and stabs him. Yeah, so you find out that Sturber is in Transylvania in the Bal- Balkans. What's that like? Bulgaria and oh, it's like Romanian. Yeah, it's like it's, yeah, yeah. it's in that area, isn't it? Where Trans- Transylvania is like a area in enlists, Romania. Enlists Ben and Jenny, the the brother the brother of a werewolf girl who's not, who he's just killed, and Jenny, a journalist. Because who else would you want to accompany you there to Transylvania to battle? The queen of the werewolves, Sturba, um, the well, a mortal the, were, werewolf queen. And the film is structured. I'm sure they must take a flight from America at some point, but it looks like they've just gone on a massive drive with Christopher Lee sleeping in the back of the car. Just, uh, just drive there, innit? I, I don't think we can physically do that. We're gonna have to get a plane at least. Nah, put your foot down. Get him uh, four fourteen, mate. I think anything like this needs an Indiana Jones style dotted little map appearing, yeah. appearing across the thing. I think it, but, it, it, for me, it works better than anything. But we see everyone traveling. We see the werewolves going. They've they've taken a lovely train, and there's a lovely bit where Mariana meets a meets like a, a like a werewolf uh, checkpoint man. He gives they give each other a little sniff. Gets a little sniff werewolf <laughs> acting like. And then they both get out a medallion and the two yeah. halves go together. And it's like, oh, oh. that's nice. Oh, um, yeah, I like that. Meanwhile, that's we great. see, and then they get in a car, they pick up some German hitchhikers that immediately they eat in the back of the car. They're having a, lo- they, they, they're having a lovely fo- werewolf road trip. They focus on the German hitchhikers' bums in shorts at one point as well, don't they? It like yeah. pans up their legs and like lingers on there, which is, again, it's interesting for like a, like a, like a, 
80s movie and an 80s horror movie which has got a lot of sex- sexual sort of content in it to kind of focus on men as well as as well as it's women. not just it's not just for you know your <laughs> people looking after women's flesh there's lovely close-up of some and they're hitchhikers they're walking all day they're good ham <laughs> hocks there steel. <laughs> yeah so they're, <laughs> they're <laughs> as, as, as the werewolves are driving along it's like oh they're getting hungry back now because oh i didn't bring any didn't bring any food New, yeah. I don't want to stop at the services in this economy. And then um, you see the hitchhikers, they go, oh, get in. And then hilariously, as they're driving oh, away, you can see the hitchhikers, the actors playing the hitchhikers sort of gently being put in the back of the car. But the sound is like them going, oh, no. Ah! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, no, what's um, happening? Meanwhile, um, our heroes are driving and it's just it just shows the transition of time. If they get in the car, Christopher Lee basically sits back and is like closes his eyes little car sleep and then we when we get close to the destination he just sits forward and is awake again it's the best way to time travel i feel like especially if you've got if you're a long car journey and you're not driving get yourself asleep uh um, is, is, is time tra- is like time traveling exactly yeah um they get caught in like a little classic trap table up then built of the last of us even last of us has copied this um there's like oh, someone at the side of the road. There's oh, a woman no. passed out in the street, and all the people are there going, "Oh no, it's been an accident! Thank goodness you're here. You can do something." And the little old lady, she ain't much of an actor. I would, she I would have immediately been like, "Something's up. Something's up here." Because she's like, "Oh no!" And she's like saying, "So what's she saying?" Because um, Jen, Jenny, what's her name? Jenny, is incredibly like trusting. Like, Trusting and and sort of empathetic as well. She's kind of like, "Oh, is everything okay? Are you all right? Oh, poor little old lady." And then now suddenly, a fangs appear. Yeah, and all the villagers are like absolutely scarpering, and then a fangs appear. But you know, thankfully, you know what? Christopher Lee's on top of it. The second her eyes open, he's like, "Stab!" <laughs> Christopher Lee is ready to stab you um, if you just show any signs of anything that could resemble being a werewolf. Yeah. Um, if you haven't shaved. For a little while, he'll go. What's that? Stab, stab you now. Ask questions later. <laughs> you burn yourself on the hob when you're at Chris Christie's in the house. You go, ow! He goes, that's a howl. <laughs> that's straight. That's a howl, mate. That's it. Stabbed, <laughs> stabbed with a titanium knife, which is yeah. like silver, but ever so more so. Yeah. Um, exactly. If you're listening to Shakira She Wolf and you're singing along. <laughs> I meant yeah. to look. I meant to look up the video for Shakira She Wolf because I was thinking because I feel like our main character Sturba herself. Yeah, I think she has quite Sybil Danning has quite Shakira hair. And yeah, if I was Shakira, I would have done. I would have done a, done a homage to that in my She Wolf video and worn the yeah, outfit. She Wolf video that would have been a good one, idea. Worn the armor. Um. So they they survive that uh, ambush mm-hmm. and then they, they survive that ambush but then Christopher Lee's like oh, I'm off, thanks for bringing me this far bye, and like, where are you yeah. going? and he just goes and then they have another ambush when they get back in the car a little jump scare for you, they're just driving away there's okay. a werewolf in the back seat, <laughs> thankfully they've got a loaded gun and then they just blow him away <laughs> yeah, he was just chilling, he just wanted to He's like, well, are we there yet? And they just went, boom. It's, it's, lucky that, it's lucky that Christopher Lee moves so calmly. Because imagine if he just popped up a gun. 
how can we stop at the McDonald's? Turn around and blow this, blow this guy just away. Off. We're not stopping anywhere now, sorry. Um, yeah. So then they go to the town, don't they? And this is when Ben and Jenny just go to the hotel. I know we already mentioned it. Is that now? Yeah, and we have the lovely, the lovely exchange at the hotel with two weird old dudes watching them as well, right? Yeah, but he, the two Muppet old men, two Muppet just laughing, men watching them, laughing. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Room six six six, and yeah, this is where Ben and Jenny seem to be taking this excursion to um, the Balkans to kill. Sturba treating it like a jolly, like they're on a It jolly. is like a holiday because at first, you know, Ben is like, uh, two rooms, please. And then Jenny goes, no, nah, no, nah, just, just one's fine. Just one's absolutely fine. Yeah. She's, she's, about. she's got, she's got plans for this holiday. What, was, what is also weird is that they go from being like, um, obviously not knowing each other, they're strangers to a slight love interest. You get incredibly comfortable with each other to the point where like one of them that's calling the other one babe or sweetheart. Sweetheart, it's weird. It comes it comes incredibly quickly and it's this scene, like basically they get into the hotel room and they walk upstairs and Jenny goes, oh, Ben, actually, I'm ever so frightened. Now, I don't know about you, Ben, but when you are ever so frightened, not just a bit frightened, not add a little bit of a spook, not anxious, not, you know, got a few things on your mind. Ever surprised. When you are beside yourself with fear, bearing in mind, you just shot a werewolf in the back of your car on this drive today. Yeah, you've done it. Werewolves exist. Maybe before you didn't think they did, but now you can. Now you know they did. Yeah, now you're it, convinced of it. When you are that level of frightened, do you really want to just get your fuck on immediately? <laughs> just... Mm. I mean, I think it depends, right? Because sometimes when when the mood takes you, it's quite easy to... <laughs> I don't want to say again. I feel like I'm putting too much out there today. But sometimes, like, even if you've had a really bad day and you know, it's been absolutely terrible and you think that I literally don't want to do anything but fall asleep or you know, just relax in front of the TV, sometimes when the moment does take you, it is almost like you kind of forget everything else. So in a way, I'm thinking... And also some people are like, it's just a hotel room that does it to you. It's just the, oh, the magic yeah, I'm not gonna of being... have to, They're not going to have to make this bed. I'm not going to have to clean the sheets. Um, so, yeah, that may be what happened. They walked into the hotel room, sat down and went, well, this, uh, this bed's got to get christened. Yeah. Is that a, is that a werewolf there? It's ready a werewolf. To tra- little, ready to little, transform. Little shout at us there. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, they, they do that. And then this is where they begin their, their holiday vibes, I guess. Um. But is this now? Yeah, they're, they're going to go and see the sights. But the first sight we're going to see is Sturba's castle. Oh yeah. So we see Sturba's castle, um, and this is when it's pretty much straight up into sexy time scene. Because what's really weird is that Sturba says, "Bring our daughter, our new daughter, who is a new daughter, Mariana." But it's yeah. odd that they immediately get into. I mean, I'm sure daughter's not. There's no. It's just a nickname for her. But they immediately get involved in sexy orgy time. I mean, before they do that, I mean, right now, St- Sturber is uh old lady at the minute. We oh, have yeah. to have like a, we have like a little thing where a friend of the show, Dan Butcher, carries in like a sacrificial woman. And he's dressed like um, Conan the Barbarian. <laughs> dressed like Conan and saying uh, like a chant with lots of J's in it, like it's Jambol, jolly, jolly, jelly yo. Um, 
he, he says oh, that yeah. a lot of times, and they've got like a vocal effect on them, so they've all got a slightly like echoey voice. Um, yeah, they're all they're all doing that. Such a mi- mixed aesthetic in this one, right? There's yeah. there's a man dressed as the Hound, like a big sweaty oh, sentry yeah. man like, with a big with a big halberd like... and a big and a big dog helmet on but otherwise a bare-chested man everyone got an invite to this party and nobody said what the dress code was and everyone's just turned out wearing whatever the hell they want essentially <sighs> yeah some 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 other people are just like you know uh you know breasts are out over the place you've got all sorts of experience. you've got some elderly people that are just in kind of leatherette masks but otherwise Ger- robes Girl's absolutely devastated that he's missing this he might yeah, have hated being why... a werewolf but he loved the orgy bits yeah so he's it he's got is there a place with a big orgy vibe they say that and then old lady server oh. snorts the youth out of that of that woman oh yeah her face melts yeah and um as a result, the old lady is restored, like Mumra the Ever Living turns from yeah. a withered old form into come, right? into Sybil Danning. How come in all of these films, when there's someone who sucks the life force out of somebody to become young again, why do they let it get go on for so long? Why do they let themselves get to like ninety years old before they go? I'm only gonna need some life force and restore myself back to being like twenty five. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you'd, just, be like, yeah. you'd be like, oh, hang on, I've hit, I've hit 45, hang on. You, you go, I've hit 45, I'm going to just, or maybe it's like, it takes you back so far that you have to wait that long. Because otherwise, otherwise you turn to like 14. Otherwise, well, even worse than that, otherwise you turn into like uh, six months old. And uh, uh, okay. you unlearn all the stuff you've learned as well. So you're like, just an idiot again. So if you, if you take... If you take someone's life force, you could just have a little suck, suck up a little bit less, I guess. Yeah, but that's a good no, point. she doesn't. So she's turned herself super young again, and then yeah. this is where she goes. Tell you what, uh, friend of the show, Dan Butcher, bring 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 our new daughter in, actually, because yeah, fancy a big old werewolf threesome that kind a of big cuts old werewolf threesome. Yeah, Howling, where sometimes will be people, bodies, and sometimes I'll be. Yeah, in full werewolf mode. Yeah, you go back and forth like an animorph, um, enjoying it, enjoying it as much as you can. Um, yeah. When the new daughter, when the new daughter Mariana comes in, very presumptuous, already comes out like just top half off. Straighten yourself up, love. We uh, come in. She, she knows what's going down. She knows what she's there for. I respect her. Um, so along while this is kind of happening and this this st- stuff's happening with Sturba. Um, Ben and Jenny are kind of like walking around the town while this folk festival is going on, celebrating the new moon. Um, watch a puppet show. Yeah, meets like several locals who are like a, a little sworn... a, a little person gives them a yeah. little sign and says, "Come over here, will you?" This is and this it, is kind of weird. This and it's meant weird. to be dead suspicious, but when he gets around the court, when they get around the corner, it's like, "Oh no, he's with Christopher Lee. Here he is." Yeah, why? Why did you do that, little you, little, little dude? Um, what's that character's name? So, oh, let me have a look here. Yeah. There's someone called because there's someone called Stefan as well. who's like one of them. Uh, oh no, Stefan is the sorry. Stefan's Christopher Lee. Yeah, Vasily. I'm not Vasily, and is that it? That's, a, that's uh, the, there's a there's a Tondo. There's a Father Florin. 
Yeah, yeah. All the all of these people who are opposed to Sturburn, they're sort of all banded together. They're not the rebels, essentially, a rebel force. Yeah, a rebel um, alliance, yeah. They do that. Um, and this is when they just start making a plan as to when they're going to attack, isn't it, really? Well, they need to find out where she is first, but unfortunately, Holiday gets gets in the way. Holiday um, gets in the way. They're having a lovely bit, bit of dinner, seeing the sights, uh, taking in the culture and, yeah. and the... Uh, yeah so they're all they're all they're all going through and then at some point the ben kind of says to another one of the guys oh watch out watch out watch jenny for me for a bit i'm going out to do i'm oh, going yeah. off and he goes off i guess you're gonna get her a present gonna get her a present but he does go exploring to the is this the bit where he goes and explores and he finds Sturber? is this is that a bit later I'm not sure. As I said, you might have to might have to leave me a little bit. Um, okay. So yeah, like, when you get, when check he, my notes. So it says, one night Ben and Vasil find Sturba's castle, but are forced to flee after being spotted. So what do they go there for? Is that just like a, a, a sort of gathering some information based on? Yeah. Anything? So they they find they find the castle at 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 this point. I think there's been there's been a few cuts here and there because we've you know. That section where they're in there is intercut with the werewolf orgy, and then we see Sturba come back with her yeah. iconic sort of armor that she has on later on. I yeah. think from looking at this, unless people have just done some very detailed fan art, when I was looking for my background, I think there is a comic that featured the Sturba werewolf queen oh, wow, character. Okay. Maybe there's some howling comics. You're talking about how horror franchises getting comic adaptations. I feel the howling already has one. Hmm. I might have to look into that a little bit. Um, so, yeah, we there's they they go and they look at the they go and they look at the castle. Um, so they see there's a sentry outside, but Vasily takes out the sentry, wazzing a knife at him. Yeah, he like goes, what's this? Wazzing a knife in. Charges over with his bomby knocker and finishes him off. Or like he's ready for it. And then they look in the window and they see a scene where Sturba, the werewolf pitch queen, has yeah. some massive sunglasses on. Now we know real life conjunctivitis. Conjunctivitis, yeah. And they they talk about their plan and they look at it like it's a like they they act on it like it's a big revelation. Yeah. But they go, effectively, what the plan is is oh Stefan's after us. I put it to you, we should kill him. Yeah, we're just going like, back. <gasps> kill him. <laughs> kill him. That's pretty crazy. That is. Who would have thought um, the werewolves would have come out with that? So what's um, going on here? Because that Vasil's got like um, earplugs in to stop. They they, what do they do? They like magic you with their weird werewolf. Yeah, because it doesn't seem to affect Ben at all. Things really sort of escalate from here, right? So as they're coming away from the castle, Sturba's like, right, all out attack everybody. My magic's all ready to go now and yep. loads of werewolves all over start coming out of the woodwork and now i'm not expressly clear as to whether whether vasily's got a bit of werewolf in him or it's just a separate bit of magic it's never yeah, really good. established as far as i could gather but the rule the werewolf rules in this film are so like incredibly different to the werewolf rules established in the first film that it just does feel like a kind of Completely far removed sequel, isn't it? 
they do have that bit where it appears you can transform if you want to, but also like if you just get sufficiently wound up. And I'm not sure what the deal is with sufficiently with, wound up with with Vasily, but he like he trips over and his earplugs fall out, and that means the music, the where werewolf shouting appears to affect him, and he sends Ben onwards. He's like. Chip off, mate. Go tell Stefan what's going I on. I didn't know what I it need was. to fall thought, off into I thought, oblivion. I thought his teeth fell out initially. I thought it was like big sort of waxy earplugs. <laughs> I thought his teeth fell out and he's like, oh no, it's not oh, my, my teeth. teeth. Like, to be fair, if a werewolf like singing or doing some sort of weird howl thing could like knock your teeth out, that's pretty terrifying. Isn't it? Tell you what though, it gets worse for Vasily any time now because at the same time, so... There is another bit where, at the same point, where Jenny has gone into the woods to catch up with Ben, with the guy that he's left her with, like their other assistant. Yeah, but he's a bit of a creeper anyway, and he's like, I'll tell you what. He's a 100% creeper, because he just goes, well, to be fair, I want to make love to you, he says, doesn't he? And you're like, hang yeah. on a minute. First of all, why are you saying this when we're in a wooded area? Second of all, you can see that I'm involved with Ben in some way. Third of all, you're a creep. Uh, and who does he get like carried off by? werewolves turn up werewolves, and I'll yeah. tell you what is it Mariana that turns up and says right gonna teach him some manners actually yeah, by yeah, which right. it must mean fuck him up because he's not in it again is does he? It must, does it mean that he's a werewolf as well That but he's just obviously not adhering to the rules he's not transformed yet because it did I guess it does say Stefan says earlier that they'll transform in waves over time we'll see all kinds of different forms he shows as like a thing like he has almost like a reel of effects that says, "Hey, look!" It goes from actual wolf to yeah. man with a slightly crinkly face. So it, is it could be like anywhere an, in between. A, it's like an anamorph co- cover, you know. Mm. Like halfway through, someone turning into a dolphin looks incredibly silly. Uh, I don't want to say it looks silly in this, but you know, it does look a bit odd. Yeah, but they're um, there. So it's pretty much now when like everyone just descends upon the castle, like Ben. Almost, so we basically get back. I don't know how... We Sorry, the important bit I missed out is we thought Vasily was having a bad time. Then we see Sturber getting some like red magic out of her fingers. Yeah. Makes his bloody eyes pop out. Oh, no. Yeah, hey, when that happens. He gets turned into a right old ghoul. He's been got, but then very quickly, back in... um, Back in the village... Stefan's just having a walk around. We've seen him having a lovely pipe earlier on. Mm. And then a little kid's just there with one of the charms. I think it's the protection symbol that um, he gave to the the guys earlier on. He gave them one each. And the little kid has one. He's like, hee, <laughs> Literally runs away going, na, 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 na. And he comes, yeah, he like, how, how, kid. How did, you get, how did you get this, right? Yeah, and he's like, how did you get it? Tell, me, ch- tell me where you got this. How did you Chelsea, get this? And this is, chase this is after the little kid. This is don't look now vibes here. When you yeah, and a horrible, a horrible little paper mask. Tell you what, Ben, years later, we'd see these masks in uh, Brandon Cronenberg's um, Infinity oh, yeah. Pool. Exactly. Horrible well, I... paper mask. Yeah. Um, and Christopher Lee comes down, he knows how to talk to kids, comes down to the level, and he's like, come on, you're not in trouble. Don't be, don't be afraid, child. What's <laughs> the, uh, what's the, yeah. where did you get that thing from? But guess what? It's horrible, ghouly, Vasily. Whips the mask off. He's got an even more gooey face, and then he just shanks him. Shanks him, yeah. Just comes straight out. Christopher Lee's like, oh, hoisted by my own petard. That's my move. That came sharp. 
to come ever so sharp. But thankfully, <laughs> we're not going to lose the main hope that we have against humanity not falling to stir by the werewolf pitch queen. Um, because Ben comes piling yeah. in and just wazzes Vasily out of the window. <laughs> Don't even realise if it's a kid or not. He just goes, right, get out. Yeah, hoys him out the window. Um, off. I tell you what, what's the worst thing to be... I mean, I would say in your day-to-day life, you want to avoid falling out the window best of times. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If you do fall out the window... My only yeah. recommendation to you would be to try not to fall out of a window. Bloody horrible load of spikes underneath it. Uh, anyway, that's, well. that's what's happened to Vasily here. Yeah, and he gets gets pierced on a spike. Um, <laughs> Vasily gets pierced on a spike. Sue Cook's had to pull out. Um, he, gets, he, he gets pierced on some spikes. Um, Stefan quickly gives us, the audience, an explanation that uh, that's actually not Vasily. That's a horrible corruption and like puppet of what is left of him because of. It's not him. Don't worry. It's not him. magic. It, look, it, look, it looks like him. Nah, nah, it's not him. Don't worry about it. <laughs> so it's in many him. ways, us throwing him onto a spike was a blessed release. Yeah, had to happen. Had to happen. But this so, is when the gang all get together. They're like, the gang right, get together. So it's like Ben, Stefan, Constantine, the father, yet, yeah. and oh, just uh, some Barbara random Florin. dudes. Yeah, so yeah, all the random dudes together, so they get they get like into into battle essentially. If this is an on rail shooter, this is the final level. Yeah, this is when you're equipping your party, and it's like, what have we got? We've got some holy water, got this big old axes. We've got some silver bullets for our for our for our weapons. I've got these well, knives. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, titanium. Goes, have, you got, have you got any more conventional weapons? And he goes, yeah, I got these bloody knives. Look at the state of them. Yeah, these are good stabby knives. Yeah, um, I mean. Christopher Lee is his bread and butter in this film. A stabby knife. He's a he's a big he's a big stabber on this one. So then we go along. Um, basically, there is a at this point as they're approaching, we've combined the disco for earlier. Well-known band Babel are back at it. They're doing a concert in Transylvania now in Strebovich's castle. <laughs> it's just so strange. It's almost like hang on a minute. You were doing a concert in. America, America, right? It was America, yeah, United States. Yeah. And now, what? You're on tour. You're on a world tour, and you just so happen to also be where we are. That's that's crazy, crazy. And there's they got to be werewolves as well, right? They got to be. They, they must be, be werewolves people. as well. But obviously, their job is not combat. It is the entertainment. Yeah. You have jobs in all kinds of societies, Ben. Not not true. all werewolves are going to be warriors. The same as like, there's probably vampires out there that are. Yeah. I mean, accountants. Just can't be bothered, yeah. Just can't be bothered to get involved in all the stuff that's sucking in the blood. It's just uh, exhausting. They're doing that. In the meantime, everyone in the... Again, delightful. There's quite a lot of bits where they're having this scene and, like, you know, Struber is talking about... Sturber. Sorry, get it right. Sturber is talking about, um, you know, this is going to be the final battle. Don't worry, we're going to deal with Stefan and and his dudes. Um, Everyone go out and attack. And she's got like a staff that's like a little pepper army oh, yeah. pterodactyl on it. And, yeah, <laughs> and he comes that, into play a bit later. That is weird. Pepper, old pepper army pterodactyl. It looks like um, uh, <laughs> like beef jerky that's yeah. been just like slathered in, in Vaseline. Looks and he's like on it. a staff. And he use, he's and she staff, uses yeah. him in quite a lot of the magic. Yeah. Um, 
Or the bit I forgot to point out is that the head werewolf guy, we mentioned that the festival is there. He's pretty much outside their their hotel room all the time, just in his street clothes, doing some local folk yeah. dancing, clapping at the puppet show. Getting involved constantly, yeah. He so loves the, it. The, the, the both groups have been spying on each other the whole time. And when um we had the attack and Jenny was almost got by a horrible, creepy man that was left to watch her. She yeah. has been captured. She's tied up in the sex dungeon now. Yeah, that's right. Tied up in the sex dungeon. Um... And the attack happens, and we basically get so many fake-outs that the attack is over, just mad, <laughs> yeah. wild, like, madcap action scenes where people are getting holy water bottles like smashed on them. There's big axes floating around. There's volleys of gunfire. And then the second you think it's over more werewolves will come and more people get taken out. So it's just like a war of attrition to get to the castle in the first yeah. place. It's like constant waves of enemies. Like You think you're finally, oh, we've got past it. That's got to be it. And is the cutscene about to start? No. Yeah, or it does start and then there's a QTA. Like, oh, <laughs> quick, wait for there's one so more guy true. coming. But if you didn't, yeah. you didn't answer it quickly. So like, you know, one of the goodies gets got ever so slightly because one guy gets his ice cream. It doesn't get a serious injury, it just gets a scratch on his eye. And yeah, I'm like, that's oh, you need to go in, actually. Father Florin, I think. To be fair, if you get your eye scratched, it's pretty bad. Oh, um, no, Father Florin's got some more to come yet. He's got uh, oh, a... Yeah. Someone gets their eye scratched. Is it Constantine, maybe? He gets his eye scratched, but Florin's one that goes in there with them. Um, yeah. They when, get when rescu- to the castle. When do they rescue Jenny? Um, this is right now that they're going there. This is... So they get into the castle... I think we see um, Sturber has sent um, Mariana and the main... I can't just keep calling him Dan Butcher. The guy's name is... Uh, what is his name? It's, it's, it's um, something like Vlad. Is it just Vlad? Yeah, there's a Vlad. Vlad. I don't want to just be like straight up, you know, um, we're in Transylvania, there's got to be a Vlad knocking about, but there is a yeah, Vlad. There is, there is someone called Vlad. And yeah, obviously he's an older gentleman now. Um, in his in his picture, but yeah, this this is him. So oh, yeah. Vlad goes down and he starts doing a bit of werewolf transforming. Uh, Mariana says, "Control it, will you?" And he does. He has a little flashback to when they're having an orgy and goes, oh, "Okay, fine." Control I it, can... will you? When's the time to transform into a werewolf? When we're literally being there's a siege upon us. But no, but you've been given some admin to do. Go and get uh, prisoner. Right. Go and get Jenny. Um. I could do it as a werewolf. No, you can't. You're not going to No, you can't. You're going to need to do the doors, aren't you? <laughs> um, so he's on the way down to get down. Then we have we see them some things. So the father, the priest, is the first one to encounter Sturber. But yeah. as we already alluded to, even his mighty faith and the weapons he has with him are no match. He did not account for the Pepper Army Dragon. Pepper Army Dragon, yeah, exactly. Pepper Army Pterodactyl, sorry. I don't think anybody would account would account for a Pepper Army like if you know even if you know you're in a werewolf movie, like what am I gonna expect in a werewolf movie? I'm gonna take silver weapons, I'm gonna fight wolves. You know, you've got to watch those people doing the transform, you gotta do those things, but not equipped for a Pepper Army Pterodactyl. No. Who gets killed by the Pepper Army Pterodactyl? This is the priest. It goes Yeah, Florin, that's goes in his god, doesn't it? Like yanks its tongue is it's weird because he's kind of like it looks like he's pulling his own tongue out. Yeah, it's good practical effects. It looks ever so sweaty and stretchy, but 
the pterodactyl sort of goes and pecks all of his insides out, and then we see later it's proper like got in his head. Yeah, it's, it's, I don't it's... mean like you know he's just said things that have stuck with him kept him awake <laughs> at night. Mental he's... gymnastics. Yeah, he's uh... not been like, oh, you're right. You look like you've been crying. And then the priest goes away like, oh, I am pretty upset about some stuff, actually. Maybe it shows on my face. No, it physically gets all up in physically his gob and kills him. The gob. Um, but Ben, when Ben rescues Jenny, he kills Mariana fairly easily, doesn't he? I kind of thought we kind of yeah. built her up to be this like mini boss, but he kind of just goes, nah. He gets, her and, he gets her and Vlad at the same time. So when they get to rescue, when they get to Jenny, Vlad is what she... What Mariana's mistake was there, she didn't say to Vlad, control it permanently. She just said, control it. No, control so it. He, he st- temporarily, no, nope. he stops controlling it for a minute and starts going mad again, which means Ben is just free to run through a door, shoot one of them, and then stab the other. And he's like, dead. And that's it. And considering we're supposed to believe that, um, Serba, Sturba is like immortal again killed fairly easily right well that's what we get to so yeah ben has rescued jenny and they're they're trying to escape sturba now has her gives me vibes of like a life force or something this one there's like a a cosmic finality to it um i think we always knew that stefan was sturba's brother right it's mentioned earlier on yeah yeah it was mentioned early on and obviously there's then there's a does she like go back to being old when she's like communicating with him? No, I think she has a flash of being old, but it transforms yeah, yeah. to both of them. So she does like, ironically, a vision he would have seen when he wore those glasses at that concert earlier on. Um, she holds out a hand and does like a, a lighting effect of the light around the hands. She's like using that on him. And he, you like, basically, it's like we can see his keys. Obviously, watch some. Cultural touch point for some, not for others. Apologies if not. He's doing some Dragon Ball Z. He's using his he's using his key. He's like got a field of energy around him. Yeah, yeah. He's like power like um Crystal Lee, Stefan is powering up. Sturber says, Oh, brother, you've never been able to resist me. Why don't you come over here and give in to the give in to the pleasure of it all? Yeah. And um Stefan does go over to he floats over, but his key is too strong. Yeah, he's Kaioken times 40 and he like says oh um, actually probably draw the line at incest and he well he doesn't say that he like he says that he whispered that to her real quick because he goes over like he and he they embrace and she yeah. thinks ah but he but he got him yeah. sucked it sucked in by my like sexy 80s body but then <laughs> Stefan kind of leans in and we can only imagine he says actually incests the line for me and he shanks her he uses his we should have seen it coming Ben this is the move he's been he's been hammering this move all all the way through this is his signature dish 100% I think yeah and maybe Sturba should should have known better in a way she yeah she'd been paying more attention do you think you know your brother well enough um you know she's miscalculated how much he's interested in incest and has underestimated his love of shanking and he shanks her with a titanium knife she bursts into flames and he says oh actually per the per the prophecy you're going to be absolutely consumed in fire um and even the little 
pepper army pterodactyl sticks its head out from the priest where it's yeah made itself a little house by the hermit like a hermit crab and he gets burned up as well can't can't you just felt a bit left out i think yeah. to be do you wonder up. if he's the same pepper army pterodactyl from the end of hellraiser could be. I mean, pepperoni pterodactyls probably don't get a lot of work in Hollywood, so I reckon if there's a there's a role for it, um, it's got to be that, yeah. Yeah. There we go. Um, um, so now, after that, after the big win, essentially, Ben and Jenny like go back to the United States and they're like living as a couple. A weird sort of thing where they're like having a sort of like a playful answering of the door for trick-or-treaters. Someone's knocked on the door. So to do trick or treat, I'll answer it. I'll get on your back. Oh, I'm not but it climbs answer. up him. You got a oh, climbing frame. But when they open and it's the just door, a, a sad a werewolf kid. boy. It's a kid in like no one's opening that door and going, "That's a cool mask." You're opening that door and going, "That is a werewolf boy," which is terrifying. Um, they give they give him some you know, trick or treat. He's really like down in the dumps, isn't he? He's sad. Um, he has a little yeah. howl and then goes along. Yeah, and then. They go, let's knock on the door and introduce ourselves to the neighbours, say hello to the little boy, um, and maybe invite somebody for a glass of wine or something. And, then and, it's, just just a, and it's just a creepy man. He goes, no, I ain't got any kids. I'd love is, to is come out for a glass of wine, though. <laughs> yeah, please do. And they go, maybe later. And they go back to their apartment. And what does this, what does this final scene mean? Does it imply that maybe they were the bad ones? That I mean, it implies that there are still werewolves about, but have they massively wiped out the werewolves? It's a bit like know. Ben. Think about it. How sad lots of people in this country were when our yeah. previous queen died. Okay, I see what you mean. It was like a a, a nation of mourning, a mourning period where everybody's yeah. just like... But you can't even enjoy trick-or-treating anymore. <laughs> you, can't even you can still do it. You've got to be fucking miserable anymore. about it. Because the, the werewolf queen has died. Um yeah. Don't want to offend any royalists that listen, but I think by a lot of metrics, Sturber, the werewolf queen, the superior monarch. Well, yeah, I mean, definitely. She's A, looks great with her top off. Don't mean to be offensive to... to looks great with her top on. What a, what a, what a style icon. Great Shades, with her top on and armor. top off. Yeah, all good. She's got a pepperoni pterodactyl. Um yeah, I don't know if the I don't know if the Queen of England had any type of pterodactyl. I mean, she got she's surrounded by dinosaurs. You know, you know, but yeah, that is that is it. That's what that's the Howling Two. Have you got any name game for me? This is a weird one because the titles all over the place. I've got some for you, Ben. I'll tell you which title I'm going for. Um, okay. Obviously, okay. we've done we've done the Howling because we did the Howling one. So ignore the Howling part. First, I've got a couple for you with with your sister as a werewolf. Are you okay, ready? That's the, that's the only ones I've got for your sister as a werewolf. So okay, so um, so the first one is oh, what's the synopsis of the film? Do you have it for me? Synopsis is a man discovers that his sister was a werewolf and helps an investigator track down a gang of the monsters in Eastern Europe. Um. Okay, a man discovers that. A person that they owned for some reason that is a specialist in performing quite an extreme sexual act with a closed hand um, is a werewolf. Someone they own? 
Yeah, because it's your. I guess they could just be very closely associated with them. Is but... it your fister as a werewolf? <laughs> your fister as a werewolf, correct? Jesus Christ! Wow. I, I, that, I think that one crossed my mind, but even I was like, "That's too extreme for me." So, respect to you for that, Andy. I've got I've got one for you based on oh, the man. same premise of name. Um, so a man discovers that there's not a sister that's a werewolf, but um, after wearing in a <laughs> wearing a pair of brand new Doctor Martins that rub terribly on his feet, somehow, <laughs> somehow, the piece of skin that seems to balloon inside his foot is a werewolf. <laughs> Your blister is a werewolf. Your blister is a werewolf, which I feel like in the realms of this film could exist. If you've got pepperoni, um, pterodactyl, pterodactyl, a you could have a werewolf blister. A werewolf. Exactly, absolutely yeah. filled with ever such nasty fluid. Um, here's another one where a a German um, person who moves to an English-speaking country and really adopts, um, I would say, youth-lit language of the early to mid-2000s to early 2010s, describes someone's sister as absolutely masses of a 12 out of 10, remembering that he is German, (laughs) and only just learning local... uh, Youth language. Jesus Christ! So, so uh, is is the word werewolf? I want to change, right? Yes. Your sister is a twelve out of ten. Did you say? Yeah, twelve out of ten, specifically twelve. Your sister is specifically twelve. It depends if you did German uh, at school. I, I guess didn't, I didn't do German at school. No, I didn't. Oh, I might have to help you then. I guess. Okay, just give me that bit, and it was, it was um, the other bit you changed. So 12 in German is Zwolf. Zwolf. Your sister is a Zwolf. And is he's, that it? This, so Zwolf is the German bit, obviously, saying she's a 12. But he's using kind of youth language for a lot, absolutely, um, um, for describing this person as absolutely masses of a 12. Oh, God. <laughs> in kind of early to mid 2000s. No, you're going to have to tell me. He's, say, tell he's me. saying, I'm not going to do it a voice, it would embarrass me. He says, Your sister is Bear's Wolf. Oh, Bear's Wolf? What, like like she's Bear something? Like, you know, as in, that's Bear expensive. Yeah, she's oh, Bear's I, Wolf. I think bear, bear is still used quite regularly now as like just for having lots of, yeah. Oh, my casting shade on people saying they're out of date when in fact they are much younger than I yeah. am. She's like, you go, she's got. Bear something. I've got bear wolves. Uh okay. <laughs> wolves. One 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 for me. Um I don't know. I've written this one down. How do I feel about it being a being an actual thing? Uh, <laughs> God damn it. Trying to get cancelled once, Ben. This is awful. No, this is just awful. A man discovers that um it's not a sister who's a werewolf, but uh he's doing a bit of plumbing. Um, and realises that a waterproof receptacle for holding liquids, usually water, um, and you could say if you played Tomb Raider one, this is this is one of the levels, um, is a werewolf. <laughs> Your sister is a werewolf. 
Your sister is a werewolf, correct. What part of that clue did you did 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 you help the most? Um, the oddly enough, I should know plumbing better. I own a real sister in a house now, yeah. but you know, okay. I got it from a Tomb Raider level. Sorry, difficult. Yeah, um, um, I've got some. I've got a couple for you from Sturber now. Okay, well, I've got I've got one more based on. I've gone. Do um, do a, your sister's a werewolf. A werewolf so I'll do one more, um, because I kind of like this one, and this is uh, so a man discovers that. Um, his wife was uh, cheated on him. So he goes on. Oh, no. He goes on Jeremy Carl's show, and you know, the little title on uh, Jeremy Carl's show is cancelled. Good, good, good riddance. But um, the the title, you know, the title used to be on the, on the yeah, going across the bottom. So yeah. this is um, his wife cheated on him with a werewolf. And they indulged in a little, a little bit of tonsil hockey beforehand, um, and this is the this is the shocking headline just along the bottom. They indulged in a bit of tonsil hockey, and she's a werewolf. Um, I kissed her, and she's a werewolf. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> You kissed her, and she's a werewolf. What have you got to say for yourself? It's disgusting. Throws his <laughs> cards at them. Which Throws his cards play. down. But you can't do a lie detector test if there's been violence, though, which in this film there's an awful lot. So There we go. That's true. Um, here are some of the ones I've got for Sturba Bitch for you. So okay. um, a man fights against the queen of the werewolves, Unfortunately, they're arrested en route because the Queen of the Werewolves has already informed on them based on some crimes that they had committed, meaning they're arrested and thrown immediately in prison. Is it the Sturba bitch bit? I'm trying to... Yes, Sturba bitch, please. Sturba bitch, so not Sturba... Because it's Sturba werewolf. Oh, it's still Sturba werewolf. You can say Sturba werewolf and then thing. It's the Sturba bitch bit that I'm changing. They've been grassed up. Sounds like they've been grassed up. Snitch. Yeah, they've been grassed up. Yeah, werewolf, werewolf snitch Got tells it. on him. Says, "Oh, actually, they shot to death that news presenter. It's illegal. Sorry, arrested." When you said that, then I was like, "Jill Dando." Oh, you're talking about the film. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, and the other one I have for you is, um, Christopher Lee, Stefan, and a young couple that he uh that he teams up with, go to defeat the queen of the werewolves. However, when they get there, unfortunately, she's clipped into the wall and is just... Her final battle sequence isn't triggering properly. She's just stuck in the architecture of the room. Is it werewolf switch? It's not werewolf switch. Oh. She's not operating as intended, so... She's clipped into the wall and she's just repeating the same line of NPC dialogue over and over again when they go in. Werewolf glitch. A werewolf glitch. Oh, clipped into the wall. I know what you mean now. For some reason, yeah. I was like, Phys is she physically been clipped onto the wall? I know what you mean. No, she's. Werewolf glitch. That'd be scary. Yeah, werewolf glitch. There we go. Uh, that was fun. So I guess we've got to rate the film. I mean, it's a difficult one, really, isn't it? Because it is utterly ridiculous. And as you've seen, the other werewolf, uh, the other howling 
sequels, you're probably in a better position to mm-hmm. to, to to say how you feel about it. So for me, I'll go I'll go in first. Consider considering you're probably going to be a little bit kinder to it. For me, I kind of feel like sure I understand what's going on, but it's so glaringly different from the original, which I really really like that I do get a bit lost. And I don't know, like. I wanted to be more into it than I was, but I just think even Christopher Lee and Werewolf Orgies can't save what is just a really bizarre film, which is like got just a real mix of of sort of like tone tones going on. It feels like sort of a sort of sexy exploitation like film, and also like it's it's weird. It's like, it also feels like a fantasy film as well in places, like with everyone kind of descending on this castle. Pterodactyl. A pterodactyl, yeah. So I'm probably only going to be able to give it a D plus. Oh, is that fair? I was going to say C minus, but then I was like, I don't know. Like for these me, de- anything... I mean, these get degrees then, but um... maybe also, maybe also because I watched it so soon after watching it before, it felt a bit like I was a bit frustrated by it because I was like, oh, I don't remember. I kind of don't remember any of this, and I've watched it a second time, and I'm still like, none of it's still none of it's sticking. You see what I mean? So even I've watched it twice the, in six months. It's because the jello elements, Ben. It's meant to be a dreamlike thing. Sorry, uh, I've obviously misunderstood it. I'm not good enough. Yeah, you're not good enough. You're not you're not watching it properly. Um, I am going to be kind as of this one, as you say, for reasons I've seen the whole series and the next one. Marsupials has got its weird. Um, yeah, of course, I prefer my supers. I think, yeah. This one, like this series, sticks together more than you think. They do make some really good attempts at having the ones link together. Yeah. Um, I think this one deserves a critical reappraisal for the reasons I will tell you. One, I think there's some good practical effects in this. I like the werewolf effects. Yeah. Some of them are cheesy. Yeah, they're yeah, of yeah. their era. They're of their time, but. The jello like gore, the eye bursts, the mm. the you know the the gunshot work that they do, the the even the pepperami pterodactyl going into that person's mouth. Yeah, I can't deny there are like, some, the, the effect there's some good practical gore in this. I like mm. that it's insane. Yes, it's clearly an exploitative movie for the things, and we haven't even mentioned the fact that the film ends on an entire music video, which basically is oh, yeah, 90% of the topless shots and intercut yeah. with the band Babel um, for several parts of the movie, along with some werewolf transformations and some gore effects like an eye popping. It's literally like, things the like best, that as well. It's like the best bits of the film, yeah. isn't it? It's trying to go, here are the best bits. There's all the sex and the dr- and the violence and the, the monsters. But I kind, of, like, I kind of love how it revels in its excesses it's such an eclectic mix and it has i think maybe sometimes this is my problem with a lot of modern movies is they're very safe you want to go for a you want to go for a customized appeal you want to go not customized like a general appeal you want to be Mm -hmm. kind of middle of the road in a lot of cases yeah this leans into it so hard in just being at the time that it was you know things like the sunglasses and the fashion choices are just so out there and the way that people are dressed and the way they even decorate the castle just full of skeletons and taxidermy wolves and people in 
leather outfits and loads of belts and staffs and magic and glowing effects and Christopher Lee using his key energy. It's just, it's it, just is, mad. it is absolutely insane. And I kind of celebrate it for, for that reason. I find this a fun, bonkers watch. Not to go mad and say something absolutely insane like it's an A written movie because objectively it's confusing. The story beats don't necessarily hang together and it's yeah. nonsense. But it is divinely entertaining, super 80s nonsense. And I like that. So I'm going to give it a C. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I'm not too far away from a C by saying D plus. I'm, I feel a bit better about that now. It's watchable, it's entertaining, but I just think in terms of the, how it stands up against the original Howling, um, like if you're a fan of that film and you've never seen any of the sequels, you're going to be completely baffled by by this. Oh yeah, absolutely as a standalone. But then if you consider it for the whole series, if you say, what is it against the original? It's one thing, but... Hmm. If then you view it holistically as a series and say, does this fit into the aesthetic of the what the entire series became? Yeah. Absolutely. The next one's about marsupials. Yeah, of course. There we go. Um, and maybe we'll cover that on the podcast one day. Who knows? We'll get we'll get there. there but we for go. now. That's Highland 2. Where that says for pitch, another week. Streber, all that stuff, yeah. So we're jumping into a new month next from next week onwards we're not gonna we'll put out the um the episode rundown once we've officially got everything we'll finalize some bits but there's some exciting stuff coming right i mean we can already say without any titles there's some new things coming up we got a new screen movie next month you can bet your bottom dollar we'll be covering that <laughs> bet your but, bottom dollar. but we're also doing some We've got some fairly new films coming. We've got some 80s classics. We've got some sci-fi horror. We've got some slashes. We've got yeah. some other ideas in the pipeline. We've got some exciting guests that are, we're lining up. Loads March is going to be a good month, then. A bonanza. Returning guests, first-time guests. It's all going to be very exciting. So, yeah, sort of just before the end of the month, maybe maybe sort of the first day of the month, we'll share the, um, the episode lineup on our on our social platform. So yeah, so thank you very much for listening. If you enjoyed the show, become a patron over at patreon.com forward slash horror hangout. Thanks to all of our current patrons, including John Crinnan, Ben Scaife, Stephen Christopher, Laura Kendrick, Toby Miller, Lane Spencer, Ollie Child, Leslie Carlo, Julia Bilgren, Nick Spill, Troy Bursch, uh, Rosalind Harnies, and Pazuzu. Thanks to Taj Easton for our theme music. Thanks to Acast for hosting the show. Please consider giving us a rating or review. Head over to Facebook group Horror Hangout Board of Advisors. We're all on there. And we're also on all, all social platforms like Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. So come and follow us on all those. All those. Just search Horror Hangout Podcast. You'll find us. But for now, thanks, Andy, for being a right horror dude. And thanks not a you, well ben. bitch at all. Yeah. Hopefully not. But you never know if your earplugs fall out, Ben. I hope not. I really do hope not. Okay, do um, keep your ear, do keep your earplugs in, everybody. Um, for now, thanks in. to you being a right horror dude. Thanks to all of you right horror dudes out there. Tell you what, we are rattling through guests, movies. We got a load of ideas, but we'd always welcome yours. You got a guest that oh, you yeah. want us to. You got a guest that you want us to approach. You've got a film that you'd like us to cover. People, yeah, people, people, but... people get things in. Contact us in all those ways. Tell us what you want to hear. 
there's always a film that we've missed. So if there's something we haven't covered in our 270 plus episodes now, which there definitely is, um, just give us a shout and we'll add it to the to the episode list for the for the rest of the year and get around to it eventually. We'll complete it one nice day, everybody. One. For now, though. One day we will. Goodbye. Enjoy your excellent 80 shades, everybody. <laughs> See you next time. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.